Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. And tonight we have another special guest, uh, Richard Lighthouse. A couple of things before we get the interview going. If you are new to the call, please stay on, and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast, but the uh, views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or especially if you are needed of some additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. And then I want to uh, let you guys know that when we get to the questions and answers portion of the interview, you'll start eight. And then I will, when I get to you, I will unmute you, and you will hear a prompt that tells you that you're being unmuted. And at that point, you'll be free to ask your question. So now to get to our guest, a little bit about Richard. Richard um, holds a Master of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from Stanford University and has previously worked for NASA. He is currently an executive in the energy industry and he's written over 100 e-books and started investigating satellite weapons and global microwave torture of thousands of people in January 2016. Richard himself has become a target of the government. For more than four years, this author has been stalked, harassed, and threatened by U.S. government agents from the CIA, FBI, and NSA. He believes this is due to the contents of his books. His home has been broken into repeatedly, and in May 2014, his girlfriend was drugged and kidnapped from LaGuardia Airport. His computer, phone, and alarm system have been hacked, including those of his friends and family. He believes these agencies have become criminal organizations. And um, I think most of us will agree with that on this call. And, um, you know, the, the people who listen to these calls fully are on, on board with that belief system. So maybe if it's okay with you, we can go back a little bit. And um, I'd like to discuss your background a little bit further. And if that's okay with you, can we do that? Sure, sure. So, yeah, I understand, you know, um, you got a degree in mechanical engineering, and so it's always nice to know what a person's life was to kind of get a framework of what your life was like prior to um, this discovery that you made and, and going down these little rabbit holes and, and before you were kind of targeted by the government. So would you give us a little, little information and tell us a little bit about that? Um, uh, I... I, uh, I, I'm an engineer by training, and I, I uh, started my career in the aerospace industry and then uh, moved into the energy industry. And um, uh, beginning about uh, 2009, 2010, I uh, started working on some technical papers involving um, uh, some complex subjects in mathematics related to Einstein's relativity theory. And uh, I started developing those ideas and began to publish them on the internet. 
and I, I, I was excited about it, but uh, didn't think you know anything would come of it right away. Um, then, sometime during uh, 2012, um, odd things started to happen around the house. My home started to be broken into on a regular basis. Uh, nothing was stolen, but things in the house were clearly had clearly been moved. Uh, Repositioned furniture, books. Um, things in the cabinets, all the drawers had been gone through, files, and it was clear that someone was repeatedly getting into the house. And after I started uh, telling my family and friends about it, 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 it became blatant. It became to where they would deliberately um, break the lock, that I would, a padlock that I would put on the garage door. I removed the electronic garage door opener, put a padlock on the outside, and they would deliberately break it so that when I came home, I would find the padlock. They weren't even trying to hide it anymore. And um, this, maybe uh, some listeners had uh, similar experiences. But um, um, anyway, it's, um, I did want to cover so much uh, background. I think where I can provide the most value tonight is on technical subjects. Um, I know lots of folks have provided stories, and those stories are interesting and compelling. What I hope to provide tonight is a scientific and engineering perspective on some of the technologies that are being used and how to disable some of them. Um, yeah, I, and, I, and I think that would be very helpful to some people. Yeah, I think that would be very welcomed. But there are just a couple of questions I had that I, I think would interest the, the listeners as well. Is, is when this started occurring with you, um, I, most people are curious how someone finds out about the word targeted individual, how that comes into your consciousness, and, and how you became, um, uh, what compelled you to actually write books on the topic, other than maybe your personal experience. Uh, I, I do a lot of research, and anyone that's read through my website will see that I'm interested in a, in a great variety of topics. And so, yes. um, uh, and I'm, I'm just a creative person. So that's, uh, that's what uh, drove my interest in uh, researching this topic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then did someone come out, the first time you heard the word, did someone approach you or write you a letter or you just kind of figured it out or you found some information online? I don't. I don't recall exactly how that uh, okay. came about, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and then I know that you also um, go into depth about mind control, subliminal mind control. I know that's a area that also interests you, and that kind of ties into us as well. And then you seem fairly certain that satellites have something to do with the targeting and with the subliminals. Um, can you tell us why that you believe it's satellites? Well, there's, uh, there's, I have measured, uh, I've had extended discussions with three different individuals, and I, I think these, and I'm not going to identify them by name for their own uh, privacy, but um, I've had extensive discussions and taken measurements and confirmed independently uh, some of the things that are occurring. And, and, and that's also corroborated by many of the stories I've read from John Finch, Dr. Catherine Horton, Dr. John Hall, and uh, many others that uh, are names that are probably familiar to, to some readers and listeners. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, one of the things that's that's uh, particularly compelling is some of the frequencies that I measured using uh, what's called a signal analyzer. Now, signal analyzer is an engineering, a scientific engineering tool that can be used to measure the frequency of a signal. And what's what's interesting about these particular signals is they're they're fairly unique in the frequency spectrum. There are the satellite targeting a little bit of history on the satellite targeting. Uh, Reagan's Star Wars program was announced back in the 1980s. Uh, in spite of what was announced by the government as official information and what we were told later on is they had spent billions of dollars but nothing ever got put in orbit and that's that's a lie. That's simply not true. There are many satellites in orbit. They're placed in geosynchronous orbit uh, that's a term that means that the satellite stays stationary to the ground. In other words, it's orbiting the Earth at uh, uh, about 20,000 miles per hour, but the satellite stays fixed above one place uh, on the ground. And that's what enables it to track and target uh, things over a specific area that, that the satellite is located above. Now, these, these particular satellites were designed to attack ballistic missiles in the launch phase or the ascent phase. Now, if I use some technical terms here, um, uh, write it down and, or ask me a question, and I'll try to explain it a little bit further. But the, the Star Wars program was designed to attack a ballistic missile in the ascent phase. Now, what is apparent is that these satellites stayed in orbit for several years and had basically nothing to do and at some point, somebody decided to point them on the ground and noticed that uh, when the intensity of the signal was turned down, that they could um, target people or individuals or groups on the ground. And I would suspect, and, and again, this is just my opinion, that the, the initial tracking and targeting was not very accurate. But um, some folks have described the te technology as being alien. To, it's, it's, it's not. It's the technology that's used is actually quite simple, and if you if you download my free ebook called uh, "The Microwave Torture of Ed Snowden and Julian Assange," you will see I, I provide diagrams and math that explains how the technology works, and it's not complicated. It's not some sophisticated, advanced uh, alien technology or any other terms that you want to use. It's 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 a simple, um, repetitive signal that's used. And then you use pluses or minuses to determine where a, a target has moved. It does not require any uh, chip implants. It does not require radio frequency tracking on the ground. All of this can be done without any chips or, or tracking on the ground. Um, the satellites have the capability to track a target by firing multiple little bullets or shots. And then based on the reflection of each one of those bullets, they can tell how a target is, is tracked and moving. So again, there's no chip that is required to use this, okay? Now let me back up again and describe what these satellites were intended, originally intended for. Everyone's familiar with a microwave oven. And if you've ever accidentally put a piece of metal in a microwave oven, you know what happens. In, in, in literally in one second, that piece of metal will start sparking. Um, and you can imagine if that metal was microcircuits on a guidance and navigation and control system, 
inside the, the nose cone of a ballistic missile, if that's hit with microwaves, literally in one to two seconds, all of those circuits can be overloaded and melted. Now, the, imagine these circuits are just tiny little pieces of metal, metal wire on a circuit board. So any burst of microwave uh, energy will literally fry those circuits in one to two seconds, okay, very quick. That's what these satellites were designed to do. That's why they shoot microwave bullets, and, the, and that's how they, the, the tracking system was designed to track the nose cone of a missile and then fire on it. So there are literally two separate signals that are used um, in, in targeting individuals on the ground. There's a tracking and geolocation signal, and the second signal is what you call the harm signal, the one that they can turn up to, to a very high intensity. Now, the, the, the tracking signal operates at a frequency of about 3650 megahertz. That's 3650 megahertz. And, and the signal actually varies quite a bit because the more people they try to track, the larger the signal width they have to take up. So I would, I, I would estimate roughly that between about 3600 and 3750 megahertz, um, uh, you, you'll find that uh, tracking signals are being used. So if someone uses a signal analyzer, they're going to discover there's two signals that are coming down. The second signal is the harm signal. And that's, that's a very tight range of signals between 3921 megahertz and 3934 megahertz. That's the measurements that I've taken on these signals. It's a very narrow range. And the reason it's such a narrow range is because it tells you that all the satellites were designed with the same component. That harm signal is basically the, the resonant cavity that you find in your microwave oven, except it's even smaller but it runs at a much higher power level. And the, the way a microwave, and I won't want to get into details on how a microwave oven works, but basically it looks like um, a, a hollow metal ball about the size of a baseball. And when you put a spark through there between the, the, the negative and positive uh, anodes in that chamber, it creates a resonant frequency that's equal to uh, the size of that metal chamber. And the, the, the frequency gets higher as that metal ball gets smaller, okay? It's, it's, I'm not sure you all are following me, but so you can, you, can, you can basically appreciate if you look at a microwave diagram, uh, how a microwave oven is constructed, you can get a basic idea of what goes into designing these satellites. Now, immediately after this resonant cavity that's shaped kind of like a, 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 about the size of a baseball, there's a tube that comes out of it that's, um, that's designed to hold that frequency and transfer it down a narrow corridor that's lined with circular magnets. And if you look on, my, uh, on that ebook that I referenced, there's actually a picture of a technician constructing one of these satellites. And it looks like it's about 12 to 15 feet tall, and you'll see these large circular magnets. Those magnets are what's used to concentrate and focus that microwave signal that's coming out of that little chamber that I described, okay? Now, what's interesting about it is if you had to repoint and focus the satellite each time that you fired a little microwave bullet, you, you, it would never do the job. So what they do is the last ring, the last few rings that are on the end of this satellite can be used to alter the 
the the the, uh, the direction that that uh, microwave bullet is traveling. And so, simply by by increasing the current or decreasing the current on any edge of that ring, they can cause it to deflect that microwave bullet just a little bit, and it'll change the direction that it's going in, in any direction, north, south, east, or west. And it only takes a small amount of electrical current to alter it to make a huge change on where it hits on the ground. I, I hope everybody's following me. I hope I'm not getting too technical. But... If you look it's okay. At the, the, it's very much welcome. We don't have too many people. We have a lot of people who come on with theories, no facts, no evidence, or things like that, but maybe they do, you know, that we're not aware of. So a person like you brings credence and credibility, and you're backing it up with, inf with information that you're, this is, these are an areas you've worked in, so we really appreciate your knowledge. Okay, and, and I, I'm not saying that I'm an expert on these things, but I, I'm, uh, I have studied engineering, and, and uh, I do know a little bit about satellites and lasers and uh, uh, the development of microwave energy. So you work again, NASA. Yeah, you have understanding. Yes, mm -hmm. yes I, so I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that I'm an absolute expert on all this. I'm telling you from an engineering perspective, um, without getting into the math and stuff like that, of how these components work and, and how they got into orbit in the first place, okay? So basically, the, the, the satellites that are being used for this are the satellites that were designed as part of Reagan's Star Wars program. That's what they're using, okay? A lot of people have come up with other ideas, uh, uh, speculated on about what's up there, when they put it up. Um, just recently, one of the members of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee proposed that um, the government need to put up even more satellites to use for anti-ballistic missile uh, tracking and targeting in space, as though the Star Wars Reagan program, those satellites are somehow never made it to orbit or are not operable, but now they're going to go put up some more. Um, right. Most people aren't following the logic of that because they don't know the history of it, but uh, anyway. So uh, I, I would strongly discourage your senators and congressmen from um, putting up additional satellites because they're not going to use them on missiles. <laughs> right, because they're already now, there, more than we even then, realize. I do believe that, and I don't, have, I don't have evidence of that. But from what I understand, there's probably five times more than maybe you or I might even suspect is up there or that we know for a fact that's up there. So it's, you know, I think the whole satellite thing is quite scary. Well, it's 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 just it's unfortunate that there are uh, people in our government intelligence agencies that that are just this disturbed that would that would find either humor or game or political intent out of out of um, various forms of torture, and it's okay. it's disturbing. It's it it reminds me of the, of the Nazis and Dr. Mengele and some of the horrific experiments that were done by him. And some of the later CIA experiments, uh, horrific, grisly science experiments done by Dr. Ewan Cameron, uh, conducted under a CIA program called MKUltra. And uh, anyway, uh, for those that are interested, I encourage you to uh, research and read uh, some of that material. There's a, there's a great deal of it available on the Internet. Um, so ba back to a little more of the technical information. Yes, thank so, you. So there's, there's literally two signals. The tracking signal that's used is, is basically a bunch of, if you'll look at that ebook again, it's called um, 
One, one is called Targeted Individuals Technical Information, and that's a rather large ebook that has introductory information. And then I have another book called 34 Patents on Subliminal Mind Control, where I document how this technology has been developed for many years. And then a third book um, called The Microwave Torture of Ed Snowden and Julian Assange. And of course, neither one of these individuals have come out publicly stating that uh, they are being subjected to this illegal CIA program. Um, but it is my hope and expectation that eventually they will. Uh, they, I think they, it would be very helpful to many people if they made a, a public support announcement similar to what um, um, William Denny and Kirk Wiebe have done. But um, let me quickly talk, or let me uh, quickly shift gears and talk about um, how to jam a signal electronically. Um, a signal can be jammed electronically by simulating the reflected signal so that the received signal is confused. Now, let, let, me, let me try to explain that a different way so folks understand. If you, if you, let's say I have a, a laser pointer that you might typically use in a classroom on a chalkboard. And I'm standing at the back of the classroom and I'm pointing this laser at the board and somebody wants to confuse what's going on, they could get a multi-sided mirror that went in many different directions and hold it up so that once that laser started hitting it, it would just go off in different directions. That's kind of the idea behind jamming a signal electronically, is that it, the, the light doesn't get back to the source, so the source doesn't know exactly what they're hitting or, or what's being targeted. So the idea, the basic idea of jamming a signal is to send out another signal that's very similar to the one that's being sent so that it, it, the receiver confuses the location of the signal that was actually sent, okay? How that's done technically is I've given, I've given the location of these uh, two tracking, the, the tracking signal and the harm signal. And by the way, on the FCC frequency spectrum table, both of these signals are officially identified by the Federal Communications Commission. Both of those frequency bands are identified by the FCC as off-limits to everything except satellite-to-ground communications. Let me say that again. The FCC has published documents that are available to anyone online that will clearly state any signal in this range can only come from a satellite in orbit to the Earth on the ground. And that's precisely what both of these signals that I just described are doing. So basically, the FCC has confirmed that these frequencies are used by satellites and nobody else is supposed to be using them, okay, in the United States, okay? So uh, I encourage folks that are interested to look that up, FCC frequency spectrum table. Um, jamming a signal. I, in the in ebook e that I provided, the, the microwave torture of Ed Snowden and Julian Assange, I provide, identify by model number, a piece of electronic equipment that can be used to jam these frequency signals. And, and I am simply giving one example. It's just one example again. And the, the, the device that's, that's used is called a, a signal generator. And the method for jamming a signal is called sweeping. 
okay? If you, you think of a broom sweeping back and forth, that's what this signal generator can do with a signal to jam this frequency spectrum between about 3,500 megahertz and 4,000 megahertz. So I can take one of these electronic boxes called a signal generator and tell it to sweep back and forth as fast as it can between 3,500 and 4,000 megahertz, and it will effectively jam that signal. The satellite will not know the correct location, and it will not know where to target the tracking and location or the harm signal. Okay? Now, once you've got that, you could expect what um, the government criminals are going to do next. They're going to try to use what's called a countermeasure or a counter-countermeasure to, to either damage or sabotage that signal generator. And, and, and it gets more complicated. And it's basically a military tactic. So if you acquire a piece of equipment that can generate a signal in the frequency range that I've given and sweep that signal back and forth, what you'll want to do is don't turn it on until you need it. And you, before you do that, you want to do what's called saving the firmware. You want to save all the software that's on that device before you turn it on and use it, okay? And you want to save that on a device that cannot be um, deleted. You want to put the right protection on. Like if you're using a USB thumb drive or an SD card, you want to switch it so that the, the device can't be written on top of. And you want to make multiple backup copies of it, okay? So I'm giving you some of the details that are involved so you get a sense of what can be done to jam these signals, okay? Now, um, so I encourage anyone that's interested to download my free ebook. It's available on my website, rlighthouse.com. It's also available for free on smashwords.com, um, Barnes & Noble, Apple iBooks, um, Amazon. Some of my books are available on amazon.com and uh, other, other uh, large international websites. Um, the majority of my ebooks are free, uh, and, I, and I encourage folks to download them. So search them out and, and download them. Um, another important area that I wanted to cover involves um, the stalking and harassment. Um, there is a handout that, I, that is freely available on my website and at uh, smashwords.com and a few other websites. It's called the, the World Trade Center WTC Handout. And I encourage folks to download that and use it. You will find it to be a very effective tool at discouraging stalking. Let me explain to you what's going on. The, the, the gang stalking is actually run by the FBI. And how do we know that? The reason we know that is because they control the payment system. And if you'd like to know how the payment system, how the FBI pays these gang stalkers, you can look it up. There's a, there's a, a news article on a website called TheIntercept.com. TheIntercept.com is a website that's a, a journalistic venture that was started by Glenn Greenwald, Laura Poitras, and a few other highly respected journalists. If you do a search on TheIntercept.com for a news article called FBI Confidential Payments, you'll get that news article. And it describes in detail how the FBI pays these criminals. Okay. That's how we know that they're running the program. Um, they do it under uh, different auspices. Um, one of them is called the Citizen Corps. 
if you've ever um, done research on that, it's, it's basically a, a, an or a group, in my opinion, and I need to emphasize that, do I, have I tracked down every person in the citizen corps and to determine what their motives are? No, I have not. But it's clear that um, at least some of them are being used for illegal purposes, in my opinion. Um, I encourage others to research this and make their own, uh, form their own opinions. Um, now, back to the handout. Why is that handout so helpful? Because the people that they bring into this FBI um, confidential payment program, generally, the FBI already knows that they're prone to do, to break the law, or they wouldn't have brought them into the program. And you'll find that out when you read that news article. The FBI actually has a policy manual, a procedure manual, that's available right off of that website that you can download. I, I can't remember. It's a fairly hefty uh, policy and procedure book that's published by the FBI, and it's not supposed to be available to the general public, but it is. They were able to get it as part of this, the research that uh, these journalists did. But what you find out is even though the, the, some of the people involved in this program aren't highly respectable, they also don't have security clearances, okay? So when you give them a copy of this World Trade Center handout that describes in detail some of the things that happened, these individuals are not supposed to know about that information. And so what you'll immediately notice is the stalking and harassment goes down significantly because now they're trying to pull all these people out because they're not supposed to know about this information. That's why this handout is so powerful. Stick it on their windshield. If you know where their car is, put it under their windshield wiper. If you know what house it's at, put it on their front door. Um, put it under the doormat so it's still showing. There's lots of things you can do to deliver that message and they're, they're, the people that are their handlers, and I use that with quotation marks, are going to pull them out because they're not supposed to have this information because it makes it clear to them, the information on that one page makes it very clear the corruption that's going on. And keep in mind these people are not being told the truth. They're being told that, that they need to stalk these people because they're bad. They've done something bad. Okay. Um, as uh, Richard Hoagland, who's a, a, a highly respected uh, author, has stated many times, the lie is different at every level. So what they tell congressmen is different than what they tell mayors, is different than what they tell the military folks, is different than what they tell um, the folks that actually conduct the stalking. The lie is different at every level. Okay, You can use that information to your advantage. The weakness is these people don't have a security clearance and they're not supposed to have this information. And even the handlers are not supposed to have this information. So it causes lots of problems for their hierarchy. Okay. Now, um, I, I, I encourage any of you to just try that. Is, is it directly related to um, this subject matter? No, it's not. But the method is very effective, so I encourage you to try it and see it for yourself. Um, the handout is very clear. I, if you don't like that handout, you can you can design and make your own with that information that's available. Um, you said that was on your website, correct? Yes, it's just called um, World Trade Center handout or WTC handout or something like that. It's basically uh, it's multiple pages, but the the page that you want to print out is is fairly clear, 
and you can print that out, make as many copies as you want, or cut it out, and 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 use it as a handout. And I think you'll find that it's very effective. Um, two of the websites that I wanted to recommend are um, biggerthansnowden.com. Uh, and another one, that's a fairly recent one that's got some really compelling information on it. And another one is called mindjustice.org that, uh, that is operated by Cheryl Welsh, who's an attorney and a TI. And uh, Cheryl um, has, has shied from a lot of uh, publicity and appearances and talks and uh, is difficult to reach. And I'm wondering if if, if that, that is not her intention, but uh, at any rate, um, I do find the information on her website to be fairly credible. Yeah, I'm familiar with her. We're all very familiar with Cheryl. Um, and Spencer Carter has been around now for about a year and a half, and he's uh, one of the creators of Bigger Than Snowden. So he's another activist that's pretty well known. So he's, you have two of the good ones, that's for sure. You make references to two very um, respected sites. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks. So, um, uh, what else could I cover? Um, yeah, I, I know what else I wanted to cover. I, I think a lot of folks probably have a question on wh what's the driving force behind this. Um, the, the the National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, is a, a top secret group that designs the satellites that were put up. So. The Star Wars, uh, Ray, the, the Reagan Star Wars satellites were actually designed by a division called the National Reconnaissance Office. They're the guys that design and build those satellites and put out the contracts to build them. Uh, so they clearly know what's going on. The CIA works with them and operates those satellites, in my opinion. But the, the software and the logic for the tracking and control of those satellites remains with the NRO. So I don't have a very positive opinion for folks that work o over at the NRO. They're the ones that put those satellites up, and they should. And, and I'm sure they know very well what they're being used for. Um, where does the funding come from? Who's where's the money behind this? In my opinion, I've published an ebook on it called "The Rockefellers and the Rothschilds: Dirty Money on the London Stock Exchange." Um, this is a this I think a very important ebook. It's very short. I encourage people to download it. It's free. It's available on uh, lots of Am uh, lots of websites. Like I mentioned before, my website, rlighthouse.com, um, uh, Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes and Nobles. But the bottom line is I've identified a number of stock funds on the London Stock Exchange that are holding hundreds of trillions of dollars in assets. This is not an understatement. You, you heard that correctly. Hundreds of trillions of dollars. And let me put that in perspective for you. The entire gross domestic product of the United States in one year is $18 trillion. Lloyd's Banking Group is one uh, banking stock in, on the London Stock Exchange it is worth more than $900 trillion. And it's very clear that the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are the owners of the majority of the stock in that company. And I could go into details about the Federal Reserve and, and who, who are the private companies that own the Federal Reserve. They're basically European companies. 
and the controlling interest in those companies, more than 51% of the controlling shares in those companies is owned by the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. If you haven't done your research on that, I encourage you to do it. Um, you can download my free ebook and you can read the value of these stocks right off of the London Stock Exchange. The values have been hidden. And um, there's, there's a whole story on how I was able to identify these because the London Stock Exchange won't quote the true market value for these shares. They quote the share price, but what you cannot find is how many shares are actually outstanding. You will find huge contradictions when you look at Barron's, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, um, the London Stock Exchange itself. Um, very credible um, media publications contradict each other as to how many shares are outstanding. And the reason for that is because that, that information is being manipulated. It's being deliberately manipulated. Um, so I encourage you to look that up. Some of the other um, stocks that are clearly being used as shell companies to hide their assets are Mitsubishi Electronics, which is a Japanese company held on the London Stock Exchange, more than $300 trillion in assets. Um, the Japanese company Rico, Konami, um, Toyota Motor Corporation on the London Stock Exchange, another one that's extremely valuable, it's huge stock market value. More than one quadrillion dollars in Toyota Motor Corporation on the London Stock Exchange. All of these things, are the, the entire, the, the amount of fraud that is involved to manipulate the value in these stocks is staggering. It makes the Enron um, corruption look like pocket change. This is truly a staggering amount of money. I can't even begin to explain it. I encourage others to look it up and research it for themselves. Download my ebook if you're interested. Uh, in my opinion, this is where the money is coming from to fund these illegal CIA and NRO operations. And to them, it's just pocket change. It's literally pocket change. When you're, when you're sitting on hundreds of trillions of dollars to spend a few billion dollars on some satellites, it's pocket change. It's nothing. So I encourage folks to download that and look it up and do their own research. Um, what other topics would you would you like to cover, Ella? Well, these are all great topics. One of the things I think that people ask me, you know, I reach out to a lot of media, and sometimes I go, well, why are they spending so much money on one person? Why all the helicopters? Why all the InfraGuard? Why are they doing that? It doesn't make sense. You know, that's the comment I get from some of the investigative reporters. And I try to explain how budgets work, but they, you know, do you have a, maybe you can give me better words to use when I'm trying to convince people of what's going on. Well, I, I, I think they make a good point, and they're on the right idea. What they're missing in that equation is how much money is behind it. The entire, when I mean the gross domestic product of the United States on one year is $18 trillion, I mean everything, everything that is bought and sold, the value of all labor, the value of all buildings that are built, the value of all stock exchange transactions, all of that added up in the United States in one year is $18 trillion, and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are sitting on quadrillions of dollars, hundreds of trillions of dollars in individual stocks. It, the, the numbers are staggering. They don't care if they hire every single person in the United States. They can easily afford it. It's still pocket change to them. 
So why would they do all this? They get people working on their side. And there is, there's literally, they've got unlimited deep pockets to do it. The CIA has been pushing for and the CIA has an incentive to do it because they build their own empire. If you're, if you're a mid-level manager at the CIA and you want to get a bigger bonus and get a promotion and make more money, what do you do? You tell them you've got to have more employees. No, I can't do that without hiring more employees and I'm going to need a bigger budget. And, of course, if I have a bigger budget and more managers to manage, I'm going to need a promotion and a bonus and a raise. They have every incentive to do it. They are incented financially to participate in the corruption. Hey, you worded that a lot better than I do. Um, okay, and then P, another question I get, and this is a question we all wonder, is how can the longevity of these programs? Some of these, most people, it seems like a lifetime program. So do you think, other than the money and trying, you know, would, would it, Drake, I talked to Thomas Drake before on the phone at great lengths, and he said, well, you know, to keep the money flowing, you've got to keep the problem going. Is that what you think is it is, too? I, I, I would think that that's certainly part of, uh, of the issue. Um, I, I think other the other thoughts? part, yeah, I think the other part of it is, um, as Richard Oakland has mentioned, the lie is different at every level. That the whole system is is not you can't be explained by one sentence or one statement because the lie is different at every level, and so talking to your congressman about it is different than talking to foreign governments about it, or talking to mayors and police departments about it. It's a it's a different story, a different issue, and the lie is different. But there are always there are always people that are incentivized to participate. And many of them are paid off by the FBI confidential payments program. That's where the, the money bag is. For, for the average person uh, that's, that's uh, on the street, you know, that's not a politician, that's not in the military, that's not in one of the intelligence agencies, the incentives come from the FBI confidential payment system. Now, the FBI has their own incentives. But the, for, for a mid-level FBI manager, the incentive is the same. I want a bonus, I want a bigger paycheck, and I want more employees under me. And they've always got incentive to participate in the system, and they've always got an incentive to say, I'm going to need more money and a bigger budget and more employees to do that. And what so about the, the when they're like enlisting neighbors and putting people up in houses close by or you know, getting families involved, do you really think that's necessary? I, I really don't understand why they go to such great lengths to isolate a target. I, I don't pretend to have all of the answers, Ella. Um, I, I but I do, I do think they're experimenting with the limits of subliminal mind control to find out what can and cannot be done because, in my opinion, the end goal is to automate all of this and turn it into a computer program that can target millions of people, not thousands. And they, can't, they know they can't hire enough people uh, to, to, to do that on a long-term basis. They're going to have to come up with some kind of software program that's uh, either using AI or some other that they haven't developed yet. But they're trying to develop the logic and the, the weaknesses and the vulnerabilities of of family members, friends, coworkers, and they're using the technology of, uh, of subliminal mind control, which I have documented as 
at least 34 different patents filed in the U.S. Patent Office. Um, and those patents were approved by a group of 6,000 scientists that, that worked for the U.S. Patent Office. So um, if, if there was just one or two patents out there, I would say, yeah, I'm not so sure about that technology. It might be a fluke. But with 34 patents out there, and they've been out, some have been out there for more than 20 years, and they haven't been revoked, that tells me that um, the technology is real. And you know, too, with Google and Elon Musk, what he talks about and what, where this money is going with these, you know, huge tech companies, you know, you can find that information online, even through Google. You can find information on Google and what they're trying to develop and reading the mind or, you know, just to, um, you know, to read and, and to perceive, like, what a person's looking at, what they're thinking, what they're shopping for, you know, and so that technology is already in the works. And, um, you know, and I think a lot of things are already, already implemented. You know, a lot of times we can speculate, but I suspect from my own experience that, so many things are already put in place that we just haven't discovered, or that um, you know the normal person has doesn't even suspect yet. So, because we know this technology has been around since like well, World War II, uh, I guess when Project Paperclip came um, came about, you know, um, they were working on mind control back then, and so they can have only you know they can only have perfected and um, this technology. So, you know, it just makes sense to me what you're saying. Perfect sense. Well, one of the one of the things that I think is important because there's so much disinformation out there, and and that's very deliberate. That there's a, a significant um, intelligence agency effort to put out disinformation to distract and discourage and to lead people down that end. One of the things that the FBI has done repeatedly is to try to put out information that ELF waves are part of their procedure and protocol that are involved in, in the stalking and um, the, subliminal, um, the subliminal mind control issues. In, in my research, that, that's fundamentally not true. In fact, it, it is clearly part of a, an FBI uh, disinformation campaign. And I'll point out the, um, the shooting incident with Myron Mays um, where the FBI recovered his shotgun and then took pictures and publicly posted them in, in the news media showing that, that Myron had supposedly etched into uh, the side of the shotgun that this was his ELF weapon, weapon and this is how, what he was using to get back at the system. And in my opinion, that, those etchings were done by FBI agents, not Myron. It was, it was part of a deliberate disinformation campaign. Harm frequency that's used that's between 3921 megahertz and 3934 megahertz. That harm signal is also used to send the subliminal mind frequencies. Now, um, there's a gentleman named Dr. Paul um, Baccio who lives in Florida. He's retired. He's a, he's a scientist that was formerly... Um, working for DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and he has wrote, he's written extensively stating that he was participating in programs to develop, and they discovered that the frequency around 450 megahertz can be used to synchronize and send signals to the brain, okay? So the way that would work uh, using these satellites that I've described is 
that 450 megahertz signal would ride, it's called riding on a carrier wave, okay? So the carrier wave is that 3921 megahertz signal, and the 450 megahertz signal rides on that carrier wave. So it delivers that signal. So anytime you jam that, the, the carrier wave signal, 3921 megahertz, you're also jamming the subliminal mind control frequency. So that's, that's important information. You only need to jam the one frequency, and then you're jamming all the others that they're using for other purposes. I'm not sure if that, that'll make sense to people, but it's, if you want to think of it how, say you get uh, FM 100 on your radio station, and it plays music, right? Well, that music signal is, runs at around 10,000 hertz, and the, the, the frequency that it's carried around is around 100 megahertz, 100 million cycles per second. So it rides on that carrier wave. The music signal rides on that carrier wave and then is subtracted off of that carrier wave to, to produce sound at your radio, okay? So this is the same kind of setup where the subliminal mind control frequencies around 450 megahertz ride on the, the primary carrier frequency at 3921. Okay, so when you jam that 3921 frequency, you're also jamming the other subcarrier or subfrequencies that they're using. Okay, that's that's important to know. Right. And well, thank you. Um, that's that's really good information. Is that why ham radio operators can't operate on in those uh, in those wavelengths? Or I'm not sure what the correct word is. Well, the, the ham radios are restricted to operating at certain frequencies, according to the right, FCC, yeah. and and and, the, and you can download the FCC frequency table spectrum, and you can it'll list the, the the specific frequencies that ham radio operators are allowed to use. And, and I know four hundred, they're not, not allowed. So this the, the the range in the middle four hundreds has been reserved. Yes, that that is right. not available. To it doesn't mean they can't do it. It just means that they're not. They're not supposed to do it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay, well, that's all really great information. Um, so this might be a big, this is a big question. What are some of the steps we can start to take to kind of expose this? And what do you think is going to need to happen long term to kind of get a handle on this? Well, I think that... Um, uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman uh, by the name of Leibowitz, Dr. Daniel Leibowitz, who did a Senate, um, a Senate hearing presentation back in December of 2014, very thorough, in my opinion, uh, a presentation where he described um, the CIA's targeted individual program. He identified um, motivation, the organizations that are involved, what are the goals and agenda, what are some of the symptoms, um, what can be and what can be done about it. Um, I, I think certainly one of the first things can be done is education. You, you've got to get the information out. Um, that is the we, tough part, to, let me tell you. That is very difficult. Well, it's... Um, for, for folks that are so inclined, I encourage you to write. There, you can you can start your own blog spot. You can publish eBooks. Um, if you want to uh, publish eBooks under a pseudonym, you can do that. Um, but I encourage you to get the information out in whatever form is possible. Um, 
John Finch, if you don't want to do it yourself, John Finch regularly puts out um, his distribution list, I'd say about once a month, and if you'll send him whatever you've got, he'll probably add it to his list and, and combine it with the send-out that he does on, on a once-monthly basis. So there, there's lots of things that you can do to get information out there. If you've got helpful tips, if you've um, found certain uh, vulnerabilities or weaknesses in the system, that's always helpful information. Um, FOIA requests are always um, a red flag for the intelligence agencies. They don't like receiving those because it causes them a lot of problems. So for those that are so inclined, it, let's say you're living in a small town in um, uh, central Texas, and you would like to find out uh, you know, why a police car is always parked in front of your house or going down your street during certain times of the day, you can send, put out what's called a Freedom of Information Act request, and you can send it to the local police department. That you, you are likely to get an answer saying that uh, we didn't find anything on you, we have no information on, you have to submit it it's, it's, it's as though you were a private individual. It, it sets off red flags for them, and it, it creates a, um, a firewall that they have to maintain. So it becomes an increased workload for the ones in the office that are crooked versus the ones that are not. And you're going to find that with any, in my opinion, in any one of these intelligence agencies, you're going to find agents that are still um, above reproach, and you're going to find um, some agents that would sell out their grandmother. So <laughs> uh, by adding to their workload, you create problems for them. And one of, one of the ways you can do that is by sending out FOIA requests. You can send FOIA requests to the FBI, to the CIA, to your local police department, to your local city council. Um, you can tell them what's going on, and you can tell them what's, what you're looking for, that there's several things that you can do there. But FOIA requests are helpful because it, it creates a permanent public record that anybody can access and that, that, um, that some of the crooked folks have to try to maintain a firewall around. So it creates workload for them, okay? So that, that can be a helpful thing as well. Education, FOIA requests, um, contacting your politicians, um, all of those things are certainly helpful. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, you know, there's so many, like, it seems like we hit walls a lot of times. I just We're just trying to figure out how to get around some of them. You know, and I live in Oregon. We have Senator Ron Wyden. And if it, if I had faith in, in any government official, it would be in him. But I know still his hands are tied, or I don't know what happens as far as we know he's getting all the important information from all the people who are credible and believed and they've, you know, and then they've returned my phone call, you know, and they say we're going to look investigate it, but of course you don't hear anything back. So I guess all we can do is just keep trying, you know, and try different um, approaches. Yeah. I, I would, tr I would. well, yeah. I, any way that you can contact them, call them, um, what I think be certainly helpful. Yeah. And I, I think it would also be helpful, um, I noticed you, you've got a conference in Boston that, uh, that's coming, coming up, up in October. Yeah, I would announce that wide and far. That's that's a great way for folks to interact and exchange information. Yeah, that's headed by a woman named Allison. I got to give her credit for that. 
uh, her and uh, a lot of the people that we have in the Northeast group um, and East Coast that are doing that. So, yeah, we're very appreciative of that, and that will be a big event, and we will do that. We will promote that. I think that's a that's a good that's a good angle to take, as well as you know we're you know you know trying to get people interviews like with, like with Sean Stone, like I had emailed you earlier about, and and trying to get some documentaries made and doing everything we can. And the great thing is when people like you come on, you're able to educate us in a way that we are we're able to speak more intelligently um, because a lot of people are not technically minded, including myself. So. I, I think it's very important for people like you to come on and, and share your information. And your and I really appreciate that you're offering so many books free. I love what you said on the phone. You said, I don't want to make money off people suffering. So I appreciate all the free books you're offering our community and other people. Oh, thank you. I, I, um, I, I hope it, it, it helps some folks. Yeah, um, and then once, once the... You know, the general public starts to wake up a little bit, um, and they see what's going on. What do you think at that point? Uh, do you have you thought it through that far? Like, what's going to happen to have to happen at that point? Because I know Bill Benny and Kirk Weeby, as you know, are doing a global TI survey. So if anyone's listening online, that's something you should participate in. Um, if you're a targeted individual, it's the global TI survey, and you can research it online, guys. If you're listening to this, and um, so I know they want to take some of the statistics some of the data and the statistics they come up with. And, and first, they want to take it to, like, you know, so we can get help. You know, there's, uh, they need, people need doctors, you know, we need uh, therapy and different things like that. We need police, you know, be able to, you know, if we call for help, people need to get help in, instead of being um, misdiagnosed or thought of as delusional, whatever the case may be. You know, and then I know eventually they want to go, and they want to expose it to the public as well, and then they eventually will take it to the political arena. So that's probably what really needs to happen. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's um, certainly part of the education and information process. One, one of the interesting things I read about a... Um, um, some of the intelligence agencies' statistical analysis. They they very involved. They have entire groups that analyze data. And um, one of the things that they decided on a long time ago, and I'm not sure it's statistically valid, but, but it tells you how they think. They believe that if less than 1.5% of the population is aware of any event or idea, that eventually it will be hidden historically if that makes any sense. So, in other words, um, if, as long as they can suppress information to less than about 1.5% of the population, it will never grow beyond that, and the other 98.5% of the population will think that um, there's something wrong with these people. Right. Um, but, but once it gets above 2%, once more than 2% of the population is aware of any particular event or issue, it becomes like a domino effect. There's no way to shut it down or stop it. It will organically grow on its own through information sharing. And I think, I think they did this kind of statistical analysis back in the 60s and 70s. So with the Internet now, I think that that would completely diverge that statistical analysis. So... Um, it might be good news that they're making decisions and opinions based on poor statistics um, and that, that that actual percentage is a much lower number that goes into the domino effect. 
And uh, so I, 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 I'm of the opinion that it's already past that point, that uh, um, things like the World Trade Center and uh, the false flag operations that are going on around the world are, are well above the 2% level now and will easily be um, distributed by into, to people that want to know, that are curious, that want to know what's going on. They don't trust the mainstream news anymore, so they're going to alternative media, and um, not all of that is good or positive. I mean, there's lots of um, very disreputable information that's published in the alternative media, in my opinion, but um, at least it's not controlled news and controlled information. <laughs> Right, there is a lot of disinformation and lofty ideas that aren't backed up by, you know, evidence or um so there is some of the some of those, you know, issues. So even like when, you know, TIs go on um or target individuals in case someone's listening don't know doesn't know what a TI is. Um they, you know, they go on to these shows and maybe they're talking about an alien abduction or whatever the case may be, you know, sometimes that can be really discrediting. And not to say, I mean, there might be alien life out there, but you do want to come from a very credible, uh, ang you know, angle. So it can be really challenging, especially because what we're dealing with is so hard for uh, a person to wrap their mind around. You know, it's already extremely challenging and so easy to write someone off as delusional, especially the symptomology that people are experiencing while they're being targeted. You know, the paranoia, the, the, the PTSD and the trauma and just what they're trying to convey to people. I think it's so difficult, especially for targeted individuals. I think they just really um, have the biggest uphill battle out of, out of all these different groups of people and news coming out, you know. But um, but like you say, it's starting to maybe go beyond that 1% or whatever the case may be. And so, and, and people don't trust mainstream. I mean, what is it? Isn't it controlled by, like, all the news that comes into America is controlled by three corporations? Or maybe even one family at this point. Is that true? Do you know that statistics on that? I, I, I have I have read uh, something similar that uh, um, ah. major news media. Um, William Colby, who's a former director of the CIA, made a, a, a very famous statement back um, in the 1970s, I believe, where he stated that um, um, the CIA controls every uh, significant figure in the major in, uh, news media. Yeah. Uh, and that was back and that was back in the 1970s and uh don't quote me on this but I believe the way that story went is that Henry Kissinger immediately went to President Nixon and demanded the resignation of William Colby. He was absolutely outraged that uh, that he had let that information out. I I I, I don't have the details on that. I, I believe that may have come from a, a book that was written about from from different sources. And we're just yeah. now piecing the, the puzzles, uh, putting the pieces of that puzzle together. But there's a lot of disinformation, unfortunately, about that single statement because it's been so powerfully um, negative on the intelligence agencies to know that uh, the director of the CIA was the, the first person that wanted to dis discredit them, basically. And right. Uh, right. so, uh, the, and the circumstances surrounding his. Uh, death were highly suspicious, and, and I, I won't even go on all that. If you're interested, in, look it up. Uh, William Colby, uh, um, it's on uh, uh, yeah. Wikipedia and some other sources. Oh. But 
very quickly, I wanted to touch on uh, one subject, uh, technical, that, or that, that may help folks that are out there that are technically oriented, that are looking for ways to um, divert, block, or jam the signals. And it has to do with the voltage. I didn't cover this before, but the voltage on these signals, um, I have measured, um, Again, I had three uh, three people that uh, informed me that they were targeted individuals, and I took uh, um, had extensive conversations. I took measurements. Um, what I found is the voltage is actually quite low. It varies from one to ten millivolts. And for those that are interested, you can you can buy what's called a multimeter at Home Depot or Walmart. Um, the analog versions of these multimeters are even under ten dollars. And you can buy what's called a banana plug to alligator clip. And it's a piece of wire. You, you generally have to buy them separately because you can't get it like that. But the multimeter has two jacks on it that the wire is input with what's called a banana plug. And it's a type of connection that plugs into the multimeter. And on the other end of that wire, you want what's called a, an alligator clip. And in between that alligator clip, you can put a thin strip of aluminum foil, and you can take measurements, voltage measurements. Those measurements will vary. Uh, the measurements that I took varied between about 1 to 10 millivolts, 1 being barely felt and 10 being extremely painful. So, and, and this is the, the feedback that I got. Um, so um, that voltage is important to an engineer because voltage can be grounded, okay? And the way you ground a voltage is by using a much higher voltage. And I, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, for example, a, um, uh, a taser uses a very high voltage, above 100,000 volts. And what that does is disrupt all the electrical signals in a, in a, in a person or a dog or something else. And, and it renders them temporarily incapacitated. But you can do the same thing with um, objects as well. If you want to overwhelm the electronics in a laptop, put a taser on it. It will, it will fry the electronics in a laptop very quickly. Um, so what we're dealing with is a low-voltage signal, and we know from the basic theories of physics that it should be possible to ground that out with a much higher-voltage signal. What we're dealing with it, it, that's uh, that's different because the first thing that got, that folks that I read about that folks tried was what's what's called using an EMF cage or an electromagnetic frequency cage. It's basically where you wrap something or even a person in a metal cage such that uh, it conducts the frequency or the electricity around the person and rather than through it. And what they found is that these EMF cages didn't work. And they couldn't understand why they didn't work. Because NASA uses those to protect satellites. That's how they harden satellites in orbit to protect them from um, nuclear detonation in what's called a, a, a pulse EMF that will disable a satellite. The way they, they protect the electronics in the satellite is by surrounding it with a, a special sealed metal box that will take the electricity and, and keep it away from the electronics that are inside of it. And what they, what they were confused by is why didn't an EMF cage work? And the, and the reason has to do with the way the frequency is being generated and the, way that, and the amount of energy that's involved, okay? So the, 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 
the energy on these microwave bullets, if I can call it that, can be turned up to a very high level such that they can go through um, about, about 50 feet, I would estimate, of concrete and steel or about 50 feet of earth. But it does have limitations. And if you want to discover the limitation, go into a downtown building that's, that's 30, 40, 50 stories tall and, and either go into the first floor or go into the basement. And you will notice, uh, and I've been told, you will notice a huge difference right away. The, the, the frequency won't, can't reach you. And so it's reached its upper limit. And I, I, beyond that, I have been told that there are TIs that go and try to uh, check into hotels and hide in hotels, and then they'll send out one or two guys in a van with a little portable unit to harass you. Um, but the point is that there are limits to the technology. It can't, it can't penetrate beyond a certain point. I've been told that there are TIs that are hiding in the, um, the foothills of uh, West Virginia because there's lots of caverns and caves that have more than 50 feet of earth above them, and it becomes a natural shelter. There's, and there's apparently lots of places you can do that. Um, so the voltage, the, the, the reason the voltage is important is because it, in theory it can be grounded out. It may, it may be something as simple as using a, a, a pan of water that's got several inches of water in it. And, and, and let, me, let me caution everyone to an extreme amount here. What I'm describing is potentially dangerous and can shock you and can, can harm you greatly. So unless you know what you're doing, get an electrical engineer or an electronics technician to help you. Don't try to do this on your own, okay? But a pan of water uh, with that's metal that's carrying an electric current, in theory, can ground out these, these microwave bullets, okay? And that, that's one potential scenario. Another potential scenario is what's called um, lay, a barrier layer. And this basically involves, if you can imagine taking kind of an S shape with aluminum foil or metallic fabric, mylar even, and make it sort of an S shape that continues in an S shape. And you put layers in it and then compress those layers together and put insulators between where the S curves. And I'm not sure I'm describing this very well, but basically it creates one piece of fabric with lots of layers to it or levels to it, okay? And when you put an electrical current through that it, that runs at a very high voltage, say 1,000 volts or more, it will ground out the majority of that microwave bullet, if not all of it, okay? And there's, there's several different ways that can be done. One is with a portable battery jump start system. They sell them at Walmart. They're like a couple hundred dollars. Um, Another method involves um, uh, uh, a transformer, and you, you, electronics engineers will know how to assemble this, but you basically step up the voltage that's taken out of your household current, and you can step it up as high as you want with these multiple transformers to where it gets up to 1,000, 5,000, or even 10,000 volts, and that voltage is so much greater than the millivolts that the signal is, is operating at, that it, then it will tend to ground out the signal, okay? Now, again, I'm giving, I'm giving suggestions and ideas. 
And I want to emphasize again, unless you know what you're doing, you can electrocute yourself. So you're de you would be dealing with high voltage currents and high amperage currents. And, and let me emphasize, it can be very dangerous. So get someone that you know that, that it could be an electrician, an electrical engineer, an electronics expert to help you. Don't try to do that by yourself, okay? And I, and I hope that some of that information is helpful. Yeah. It sounds, I'm sure a lot of people get something out of it. And um, and even if, like I said, people that aren't technically inclined, you know, there's other people in the community that might be able to direct us in the right direction. So, um, okay, well, thank you. I think, you know, all the shielding and, you know, in your knowledge uh, of electronics is going to be really, really helpful to the community. So, um, okay. And they say, I think I had a few more questions. And then if it's okay with you, maybe I can open up the floor and let other people ask you some questions. Sure, sure, that's great. Let's see. Oh, and then um, I guess the surveillance. What about, you know, we are, you know, not only is it just, you know, targets that are surveilled, um, but, all you know, the entire population seem to, seems to be surveilled. What kind of um, safeguards do you think we should take in order to kind of protect ourselves uh, as far as privacy goes? Or just assume that we have to give that up and just don't even bother trying? Well, that's certainly a valid question, Ella. Um, I, I would recommend, I know that some people like Laura Poitras, she refuses to carry a cell phone. I mean, that's, that's one solution. Um, other, other things that you can do, uh, there's other simple things that you can do. For example, on your computer is using the Tor browser. Um, Ed Snowden Hi. had some very good, good recommendations in that area. Always using... Um, Encrypted um, connections that use HTTPS, the S on the end that indicates that it's been encrypted. Um, mm -hmm. That makes it much more difficult to hack into. Um, there's a number of there's a number of things you could communicate with um, encrypted messaging applications that are available for your iPhone and Android. Um, one of them is called Signal, and uh, uh, there's there's a number of them out there, but uh, if you're okay. so inclined to use those, they, they can be helpful. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for that input. Okay, so I guess if I, I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor, and I'm going to come to my activism partner. Uh, Matthew, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Rich. Hi, Richard. Um, thank you so much for giving us all that information and writing prolifically about um, our issues. Um, I had uh, three quick questions on um, the satellite-based targeting. Um, I just want to say at the beginning, uh, in my particular targeting case, um, I collected evidence. I can't say that it's 100% validated evidence, but I collected evidence and eyewitness um, accounts of my own that my particular case of targeting was very much in close and using ground-based weapons, and I, I knew some of the perpetrators. I mean, that's at least my conclusion. And so um, I think that the idea of, of targeting and the, t and the technologies using microelectronics to kind of cobble together uh, uh, homemade versions of these things is out there too. Um, that, that's just how I saw my targeting. I, I was able to escape it the day that I fled and, and got away from 
um, that uh, harassment network physically by fleeing Canada. I, I, um, that was the last day that I was targeted so far. And um, the satellite idea is one that I'm really intrigued about, but from my perspective, it's just intractable for me as an individual to um, kind of think about how that works uh, because I don't have any inside information. And so because you're an expert on this, it's, it's rare to hear people who, um, who actually uh, know um, about, the, about the satellite technology. So I had three questions about that for you. And um, if, if you don't mind, three quick questions. One is on the uh, targeting or the track, tracking signal. One is on the um, harm signal or the attack signal. And then one, I had one on atmospheric effects. Um, so I guess I'll start with the, the targeting phase. You said that um, the space-based weapons use some kind of a um, a, a ring of um, an, an electronic ring that a cur currents are run through different parts of that, and that does slight deflections on the on the uh, attack signal. So, sorry, I'm I'm starting with the attack signal. Um, is is that what you said? That that there's like a a ring that that current runs through and that's deflects the signal slightly. Yes, there's there's actually a photograph on on my ebook, the the, uh, the microwave torture book. There's a photograph of there of actually constructing one of these satellites that I got from Dr. Judy Wood's website, and you can see the large concentric rings, and these these rings are actually elect, uh, electromagnets. Okay. Okay. They, what they do is they focus the microwave signal that comes out of the micro, uh, microwave resonator cavity that are kind of random. And by using these circular magnets, it focuses them into a very narrow straight line, basically. And they can, they can intensify the, the, uh, the magnetic current in those uh, rings to make the, the, uh, the size of the bullet, if, if I can call it that, can be as small as, say, a pinpoint or as large as they want to make it. And, of course, as it gets smaller and smaller, that energy gets focused in a more narrow, pointed manner, and it becomes more hurtful. So the more pointed okay. they make it, the more, hurt, the more it hurts. And the bigger, the bigger they make it, say, if it's the size of um, a quarter, or a pencil, or something like that, it will have it will have less um, less pain associated with it, but it can still be used. That same frequency can still be used to deliver subliminal messages and and uh, subliminal frequencies. So um, that's the harm signal. Uh, okay. So well, so actually, a wider picture. Of it, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'll I'll take a look at your website. But the, um, a wider beam, one that's a few centimeters across, if it was pulsed the right way, could be very harmful because it would cover, say, your heart or or much of your brain. So, um, but I get what you're saying. The energy would be distributed over a wider cross section. Um, in that case, so so basically, um, I guess these rings are like. Um, inducing a magnetic field by running current around the ring. And um, so my, my follow-up question on that is you hear a lot about people using magnets um, on, the, on their end, on the target end. 
And so um, static magnets, what are your feelings on the use of static magnets to um, deflect the field close to the target? Is that, is that um, a viable solution for the target to, to do to help them uh, shield themselves? It, it can be helpful. Uh, and and here, here's what someone could do if they're in that situation. Um, you know, what, what you actually would want is moving magnets, not static magnets. Mm-hmm. Moving magnets will, for example, and the moving magnets that you can buy at, at uh, online or at uh, uh, Harbor Freight Tools or sometimes at Walmart, they're called um, um, they're exotic metal uh, magnets, and they're very neodymium is the mm-hmm. name. Neodymium magnets are very, they're about 10 times stronger than an ordinary magnet. And if you put those on a string or on something such that they're simply moving and and free to move in the air, like you can put them close to a fan so that the fan constantly moves them around, that's what makes it really difficult for them to target a specific point. I've had extended conversations with someone in, uh, in another state that has described how they have targeted, um, and I, I won't say exactly where, but just relentlessly a single point. And what she found is that she could hang these magnets from her ceiling on a string and it would deflect the signal and cause enough of a disturbance that they couldn't consistently hit the same point. And, and she was able to get some relief from that. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about um, uh, attaching magnets to the blades of a fan or, or something like or, or hanging the strings off of a ceiling fan so that the movement would be more chaotic. Um, that was just an idea that I, I had that, once. That's, that's, a, that's a good idea. That's a, you're thinking in the right direction there. That might be very effective. There's, there's lots of variations that you can do on that that make it very difficult to target a single point. And without targeting a single point, they're they're just it's their system is not going to be very effective. So um, it it should provide some relief for you. Okay, great. Um, Question number two was on the uh, targeting or the um, target locking signal. Uh, I think you said that 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 was also a microwave signal that was allocated for um, satellite use only. That's correct. Uh, The 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 frequencies that I've measured are around 3650 megahertz. And if you'll download my my first ebook, uh, it's called Targeted Individuals Technical Information. I've got a number of pictures that I took of my signal analyzer while it was gathering the data. And you can see the frequencies, the, the strength of the signal measured in decibels, uh, and you can see the slight variation between one picture and the next to, the next to get a, an idea of the range that they're covering with those frequencies. But uh, it's okay. a free book. Download it and take a look at those pictures, and you'll see specifically what frequency is being used. Now, I need to emphasize these are satellite frequencies for folks that might be affected by drones. My, my understanding mm-hmm. is in the, U, in the UK, they prefer to use drones, and that the drones use different frequencies. So that it may not be applicable to them. The, the, the technology that I'm specifically addressing here tonight has to do with the, the satellites. Is there any is there anything to keep the um, perpetrators of these crimes from using a satellite frequency in order to trick the target into thinking that it was coming from a satellite? 
theoretically, yes. You, there, there's there, there's lots of different ways. You can I, I, I mean, they, they would be they would be um, liable to being prosecuted for that if 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 they were doing that. But I'm just I'm just kind of thinking. But the main question I wanted to ask was the targeting signals are basically doing an, a, a bounce off of their target, and 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 the return is how the satellite locks onto the target. Is that correct? Essentially, that's correct, Matthew. They're, they're, oh, okay. Uh, the, re the reflected signal is how they can tell where you're at. Your body is made, think about it, the ground is made out of dirt and concrete and steel and buildings are made out of wood and um, sheetrock, and you're mostly made out of water, okay? Right, So right. When, when a microwave bullet hits you, it, it's mostly absorbed. It has very specific reflected signal where they can tell it gets some of it gets absorbed. Now, right, they, they, concrete, can, they can tune it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So they could they could tune the signal to um, to pick up what, what a, a type of material like a biological material versus background earth. I, I can totally see that. But I I was just wondering if um, if your understanding of this technology required anything more special than that, like um, like the target having some kind of a technology that was put on them in order to be able to track them. It, but you're saying that it's just high resolution, basically microwave optics, basically, or, or like microwave radar optics that are tracking, um, uh, locking onto an individual and then following that individual. Uh, essentially, yes, and and I think you're you're on the the right direction there, Matthew. That uh, early on, it's it's apparent that that uh, the radio frequency chips were used extensively. There's a number of very clear cut cases where um, these chips were manufactured. They even identified the companies that were making them, and there are a number. Uh, I can't think of uh, the people's names right off the top of my head, but. Clearly, early on in this process, they were using chip implants. Um, the opinion of Dr. John Hall in his most recent book is that the majority of the new cases, the recent cases, there's no there's no chip implant whatsoever. These people are being the, the ones that are being tracked and targeted by satellites. You don't have to have a chip implant. There's no you know similar to the ones that they put into pets for tracking things like that. No, no chip is needed. The, the, the technology is such that it simply tracks the reflected waves. These little bullets are shot out about 20 to 50 times a second, and they can, they, can, they can put them in whatever pattern they want that allows them to be able to tell when, you move, when you've moved. And I've got a diagram in that third ebook that describes how that works in the most simplest of terms. Now, again, I... I I don't. I can't say specifically how they're doing. I'm trying to describe in general terms right, right. how that tech, how that technology can be done, and it's not complicated. That that's right, the point um, that I'm trying to make out of that. It's not complicated to do this. It's not complicated. It just requires really sophisticated um, and expensive technology. But um, it, it seems in that scenario, it seems to me that a, if if a target was locked on by that system. You could potentially, for periods of time, escape from that being locked on. For example, let's say you went into um, Penn Station, or um, yeah, let's take Penn Station as an example. Totally crowded with people and and underground. 
and you mixed with a bunch of people, the system would lose you, and then they would have to use human intelligence and other sources of information to pick you back up again when you were in a more exposed position. That's that's possible. I I, I would I would agree. I I should mention your earlier statement about using that uh, you were in, your perpetrators were in close contact. There's a CIA agent by the name of Carl Clark who's on the website um, Bigger Than Snowden, and mm -hmm. Carl. Carl was involved with, he was one of the perpetrators, and he describes how they use triangulation on the ground to track individual people and then to use these um, miniature weapons on the ground to assault them. And when he left yeah. the program, he became targeted individual. He decided that the program was just horrific and um, irresponsible in so many ways and he left the program and of course they, they got turned on him but you can find him on bigger than Snowden and he describes exactly what you're describing close they were using triangulation on the ground using handheld instruments yeah I, th I think now there's there's a variety of different types of targeting but um, the, uh, the last question on the satellites because again I'm really intrigued by that and that's clearly um, Clearly, one of the possibilities that we're that we're up against, um, and there's there's very little that a person on the on the ground can can do against that. So it's it's a, a very frightening uh, prospect. But the the third question I had um, has to do with um, I, I think another sort of uh, limitation or um, caveat that comes to mind when you think about the satellite targeting. Uh, are atmospheric effects, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not saying I'm an expert on this. I've just read a little bit about it, and, but I know that with um, solid-state lasers and infrared lasers, and maybe chemical lasers more in like the visible light range, uh, used as military-directed energy weapons, they have um, there, there's a there's a limitation um, to the precision of those uh, because of a blooming effect, where as it passes through the atmosphere the beam um, heats the atmosphere and actually changes the refractive nature of it and the, the beam degrades and, and they use, um, I, I think they have some, they've had some advancements in adaptive optics that sort of monitor the beam and using these mirrors, they, they're constantly kind of shaping the beam to keep it straight. Um, so when you're coming from a satellite and you're going through a huge amount of atmosphere, especially on a cloudy day, um, maybe the microwave bullets the, uh, don't have that effect, uh, and maybe there's some uh, frequencies that are less susceptible to that effect than visible light or infrared would be, but do, do you know um, anything? Can you, can you make any comments on atmospheric effects from the microwave um, targeting? Sure, sure. Um, uh, again, I'll refer uh, listeners to my ebook, and I've got a diagram on there. If you can imagine, just uh, I'll try to describe it visually. If you can imagine looking down on the top of a person's head, and let's say you put a, a, a simple clock face on the top of their head, so you've got 12, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. If you can imagine mm -hmm. that in your head. Yep. Now, let's just say, and this is oversimplified, but I think it'll get the, the point across. They're going, to, they're going to send a microwave bullet down at 
at 12, 3, 6, and 9, 12, 3, 6, and 9. And they'll do that many times every second. Right. And even, even with atmospheric distortion, as long as they're getting the reflected signal, the only thing they need to worry about is pointing the harm signal in the center of all of those reflected signals, even right. with the atmospheric distortion. So what it, it automatically compensates. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, that's okay. That makes a lot of sense. That, that's, um, that's ingenious, actually. So um, because it's, um, the problem is solved by having a separate targeting signal and a harm signal, and they both follow the same distortion path. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'd never so, thought about that before. That that that's a different uh, situation from um, what I read about military weapons that are used to disable drones and whatnot with um, with visible light or uh, lasers. Basically, um, they never talked about there being a separate um, targeting uh, signal. Or, or I guess also the in that case because it's a fixed beam, um, the beam actually loses a lot of power because the beam causes its own um, distortion in the air. But with, uh, with very short duration pulses, you, you also might um, get around that, that problem too. Uh, well, yeah, because you can't really compare lasers and, and, and microwaves. It's not really, it's not apples to apples. I mean, lasers uh, are, are highly distorted in the atmosphere. And in fact, the higher the frequency that you go, in general, the higher frequency that you go on the electromagnetic spectrum, the more the atmosphere absorbs it, okay? And so right, the, right. The, between the, the, the frequencies of light are something like um, 300 terahertz, and the frequencies that we're talking about uh, that are being used by... Um, these satellites are around three to four thousand megahertz. So you're 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 many orders of magnitude in a lower frequency, and the atmospheric effects, uh, in theory and in general, are going to be less. So right, no, that makes sense. That's why the really low frequency stuff is is great for super long range um, applications. Yeah, and 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 I do agree. There there are atmospheric effects, and I, I'm not an expert on all, all the issues related to atmospheric distortion and uh, thermal heating in the atmosphere. And um, there, there's so many different issues there, technical issues there that I'm sure are very interesting. But why why anyone would want to to use them for what they're using for is is what becomes incomprehensible. I agree with that. Well, um, I'll, I'll uh, turn it over to other, other callers. I'm sure there's a lot of questions for you. And uh, thanks again for all your great information. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. Okay. Bye. Okay, I'm going to come down to Pirate Mikey. That's your handle, also known as Mike. Hi, Hi Mike. Sometimes Hello. they have their phone on mute, so we have to give it just a second. Mike? Yes. Hi, there you Hi. are. Good. How are you tonight? Doing all right. Glad to hear your voice. Oh, thanks. I'm glad somebody's glad to hear my voice. I told Sophie she can't have any more treats tonight. She doesn't want to hear anything from me. But that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> How are you? Doing well. So, yeah, right. so I have Richard on. I'm sure you have a question for him. Yes, I do. I have two, a couple questions for him. First of all, I, I wanted to know, does he realize that the... Um, 
what they call going back to the um, SDI part of his uh, of his speech um, and and the and the use of harp. Harp he realized he must realize is actually what's called what they refer to as an ionospheric heater. All right, by by you know altering the, the various charged particles in the ionosphere, various layers of the ionosphere, correct? And that um, part of the 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 mystery behind all that was that it was partially used to alter somewhat the magnetosphere, uh, um, and and actually helped to render the IC the the ascending ICBMs, the intercontinental ballistic missiles missiles of our enemies, uh, inert because it affected their guidance systems, much the way he was talking about how the geostationary uh, satellites are also uh, were set up to to uh, try and disable their guidance systems as well. Being that these things are not over the horizon type devices in their in their line of sight devices, um, and they were designed to to disable those portions of the of the missiles, how does it tr then transpose to humans who are actually on the ground have no metal or metallic parts or any kind of guidance systems that would be susceptible to something like that, and and also be have the advantage of the 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 latency period between satellite communication between the satellite sensors and the the target sensor supposedly from from the satellite to ground and back and what about the the the, the very fact that they being geostationary that cloud cover alone would not would not be able to benefit us that's my first question okay i i i think i can answer at least part of that i I first have to say I'm not, I, I know a little bit about the HARP uh, right. technology, but I'm not. I, I, I am far from being an expert on on that ground-based system. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I I understand that it operates around 30 megahertz and lower. It's a very low frequency system. Yes, sir. And uh, I I can't say that I'm much of an expert on that system. I know that. Uh, Dr. Nick Begich in Alaska has spoken extensively about it, so I, I would ref, you know, reference him as being uh, a possible good source of uh, information. No problem. Um, and my second, my second all right, just one, one other quick thing. In, in the early 2000s, I was dumb enough to um, be one of those people to take a microwave, actually more than one microwave oven, and um, take it apart with a friend of mine, and uh, we took the magnetrons and and used uh, you know the the all the capacitors and diodes and whatever because we wanted to see how much of a potential weapon it was feasible that one could make from it. And because we had to have a waveguide that was was actually of metal with with no magnets because the the frequency and the and the output was not that great, uh, we were able to use like a conical or funnel shaped waveguide. Uh, and and since we only had we we I. You know, I'm not a scientist, so I was kind of fearful of microwaves, as people should be in that state. Uh, we used three separate magnetrons, and the, the wattage actually was, I think, 6,000 watts uh, total, and that we used through a metallic waveguide and and a series of capacitors and etc. And we were able, actually, at that point, to to toast pretty pretty heavily toast out of out of commission uh, an old Nokia uh, cell phone. Uh, but the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is that the waveguide necessary, because because microwaves are not uh, are not a um, uh, a self-contained uh, they don't come in a self-contained form. They have to be guided because even if you if you know the construction of a microwave oven, the fan within the microwave oven is there to propagate the microwaves within that 
that space so that it will try and cook your food a little bit more thoroughly along with the turntable, how does how would a satellite system then uh, be able to have these kind of microwave uh, microwave systems guided down to individuals uh, and, and also taking into consideration the latency period from from uh, satellite to ground and back? That's a good question, uh, Mike. The um I, I think you were working in the right direction. I mean, trying to understand a, a microwave by breaking it down its components. The, the, the waveguide, uh, waveguides are uh, have varying degrees of effectiveness. Um, we know there are specific mathematical equations that you can use that will tell you the optimal size and shape of a waveguide yes. to minimize the losses that are associated with it. But that doesn't mean that you have to use that size of a waveguide. You can you can use one that's a different size. It just won't be as efficient in in carrying that energy. Does does that right. make sense? Of course, right. And, but I'm saying with my little project, which also ca caused fire, burned a piece of drywall in the process. But but with my little project, even at about ten or twelve feet, with an old Nokia cell phone, nothing against Nokia, it was a great phone. But I needed six thousand watts. Okay, for that little that little experiment because of the distance and what I had tried to do. So so what I'm trying to say is that the distance that you're talking about from, from satellite to ground would require a, a great deal more, right? Well, it involves focusing. You're right. How would that power not be, how would that power not be uh, amenable to detection? Because, because a lot of times, as, as you were saying, it would have to be line of sight or almost line of sight. To the to the targets that it was trying to acquire in a geostationary orbit. Well, precision pointing, and and if, and I'll probably sound like a broken record here, but in my third ebook uh, on microwave torture, there is a, a di specific diagrams that show how the technology works and how it can track uh, a person or persons on the ground. There's also a picture. Uh, that I got from uh, Dr. Judy Wood's web website. <laughs> yes, it actually shows one of these um, um, satellites being constructed, and it, it involves uh, very large uh, concentric magnets that focus the uh, the microwave energy down to as narrow a point as you want, or as big a you know if they can make so you're, very you're wide. Saying or that it's, it's somewhat like a that it's somewhat almost like the little, little magnetron out of an oven. That there are certain types of Magnetic fields that are used as waveguides to a certain degree. Well, yes, it, I, I I don't know the details of their design, but uh, certainly coming out of the magnetron cavity, you're going to have uh, a waveguide that feeds then into these large concentric magnets that they can they can use to focus the beam and and polarize the beam so that all of the energy is is in a unique wavelength and in a very specific. It's so precisely pointed in the center of that those concentric rings that there's no stray signal, and right. then they can also tweak the tweak the current in the electrical magnets on on the on the exit side on the exit plane such that it can bend or curve the uh, signal in slightly in one direction north south east or east or west so that they can so that many targets can be tracked simultaneously. They don't have to repoint the satellite, in other words. Simply by tweaking the electrical current on that exit plane, you can disturb it just enough to, to point it at a slightly different target in the ground, whether it's a few inches or a few miles. 
but it doesn't right. require moving the satellite to achieve that. Oh, no, I now, didn't think it would be. Of course mm-hmm. not. It wouldn't be since it's, of course, geostationary and you'd... Right, and I, I didn't. I haven't looked at your e-books. I probably will have to now after talking with you. But I thank you for your time. Okay, and I, I did want to answer your satellite uh, uh, latency issue. At the speed of light, the, the geostationary um, satellites are about twenty thousand, twenty-two thousand. Uh, uh, right. Not about, 30, about thirty-five thousand kilometers. Right, twenty-two thousand miles. Yeah. And and the speed of light is about one hundred eighty-six thousand. Um, miles per second, yeah. or about um, uh, in in it can it can travel eighteen thousand miles in one tenth of a second. So yeah. the latency is roughly one tenth of a second. Does yeah. that make sense? So of it takes one tenth of a second of from the satellite to the ground to to be reflected back up is two tenths of a second. Right. So. Even a per, even a person running on the ground cannot go very far in two tenths of a second. Yeah, it's if, if they're firing these tracking microwave bullets at at twenty to thirty or fifty times a second. Right. You, even if you move one inch, it, it can still track you. And right, it was well, designed. That was answer, mind, right. That's that's ex- actually the answer I'm looking for. I I I know that. And, and you know, I just was it was just in passing. And and the final thing is is that I'm I'm curious about how. How um, how uh, uh, how mitigating is cloud cover in something such as this? Well, uh, obviously not much. Or, or people <laughs> people would say all they have to do is get under a cloud and, and right. they're hidden. So right. uh, clouds are basically moisture, but not the level of water content that's in your body. Right. So I know. I, I would hope that there would be some way that people could eventually locate or be able to to get some uh, uh, validation that they were being used as by studying the uh, patterns of, of cloud cover or dis- disruption of cloud cover, but that's, that doesn't seem possible, really. Well, I, I mean, you, you bring up some interesting questions, and, and uh, again, I, I don't know all the details I, I know a little bit as an engineer, and that's that's the the part. You know a lot about it with. more than I do. I just had <laughs> I'm not even that, sir. But I just thought I would ask. I, I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, and I appreciate your question, Mike. Thanks. Thank you. Hello. Hello. If we got uh, anybody else on. Sorry, Richard. Um, I was um, I had it on mute. That happens sometimes. I just happen to forget. <laughs> I have okay. a family. It's a little busy at home, so I try to mute out the noise. Anyway, so I forgot to mute it. Apologize. Okay, Tide. I'm going to come to you. Hi. Hey, Ella. It's Tide. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. Hi. So I have a couple questions. I mean, you know, um, you know, I, I read some fascinating stuff you're talking about the antimatter, you know, on and off kind of switch, right? That's fascinating. But more to the point, um, some simple stuff, right? I, I I'm new to this, and uh, I live with my family. They're away now, but my my wife and child are coming back um, in a couple weeks, and and I'm concerned about. The effect on, on my family will have if I live in the same, under the same roof, kind of thing. Uh, can you just comment on that? What you think? Well, um, 
I think uh, one of the best references that I would recommend reading as far as um, some of the things that happen with families is uh, Dr. John Hall's uh, latest book. He, uh, he goes into great lengths about some family situations that, that he experienced and can give you some examples of, of what can and cannot be done. Um, I, I'm not sure I could cover. I, I certainly don't know the sp specifics of your situation, but I, I would I would recommend his book, and I would recommend John Finch puts out a summary of about a hundred different individuals where they each describe their own situation. Some of them are families, and you can get a sense of uh, what can and what cannot be done. And I, I think you might can, can, can and cannot be done is, is to mitigate, or what they can do to you, kind of thing, like the rules. Both, both. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I, it's it's basically a series. Of, John put, Finch puts out a series of stories of examples that, uh, and these stories were written up by the people that experienced them. And uh, I I would say that that's it's helpful information. Uh, in that uh, you know if 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 you know what to expect, it's it's certainly less surprising, and you're, you're as a minimum mentally prepared for it. And so I I would say. I would encourage you to do it for, if for no other reason than to uh, be mentally re prepared and uh, uh, look for support. I mean, this this group is certainly one avenue for support. And I, I would encourage if if you can attend the Boston conference in uh, in October, uh, you, I think you might find that helpful as well. Yeah, I'm going to try to do that. Um, are, are you targeted uh, now or with uh, direct that energy weapons kind of thing? I, I, I can't. There are certain details I can't go into, and it's because I have uh, pending litigation, and so uh, my attorneys have advised me not to go into certain subjects. The, the subjects that I can discuss are my research and and technical issues, but uh, uh, that's going to be an example of, a, of an area that uh, I have been advised not to discuss. Okay. Now, without discussing the details of your thing, is, is there a is there a framework that we can follow, perhaps, or a pattern that we can use um, to get to the point where? Uh, so basically, are you, let me let me frame it this way: um, if if I take a look at your books specifically on you know different frequencies, because that's that's quite insightful. That's a really good start. Um, will I be able to, using that information, be able to uh, gather some um, some data so that I can move forward and and, and perhaps trying to get out of this program via the legal system kind of thing? Is that a good way? Uh, I, I would say the, the, the first thing is probably just to educate yourself as, as, as much as you can. Uh, I think that there are legal avenues that are opening up. Um, I, I don't know that there's one specific legal avenue or recommendation that I could give you. And uh, I, first of all, I'm not an attorney, but... Uh, um, I, I would say stay in touch with people that are in the know. Cheryl Welch is an attorney. Uh, there are a number of folks that have come out as TIs that, that are also attorneys can, that can certainly give a legal perspective. Um, uh, I would say my, mine is more of a technical and a technology perspective. But uh, that, that I try to limit myself to where uh, my expertise is. I, I would not, I, I wouldn't, pretend to advise somebody on, on the law. <laughs>
Okay, sure. Got it. Um, you mentioned about the satellites and microwaves and stuff like that. My understanding is that microwaves can't penetrate the atmosphere. Is, is that not the case? Say that again? Microwaves cannot penetrate, you know, can't get through the atmosphere. No, actually, micro microwaves, there's, um, microwaves can very much penetrate the atmosphere, but you bring up a good point that microwaves, as a term, encompasses a very broad spectrum in the, in the frequency spectrum. And, and lower frequencies are not as absorbed as much as the higher frequencies in general. Now, you could, you could get into the, some of the research books, and, and they've actually got what are called absorption tables, and you can see the, you know, a, a chart, basically, of frequency versus absorption in the atmosphere. And uh, it, it differs. It, 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 there is no one formula that, that, that works for all frequencies. There, there's different things. The atmosphere, moisture, different chemicals will absorb certain frequencies. So there's many different effects. There's no one, one general formula that you can use that covers all of it. So you, you do bring up a good point there. But microwaves will, uh, can, can move through the atmosphere. And even those frequencies that are highly absorbed in the atmosphere, if you want to put a big energy behind them, a big punch behind them, they'll go through it too. So it's, it's, it's really more about how much energy you put behind it rather than uh, a specific frequency. I'm not sure if I answered your question there. You did. And I'm, I'm sorry, one more. I'm sorry to, to keep you on. But I, somebody made a comment yesterday or the day before, a couple of days ago, about how they were talking about a, a zone in Mexico where, you know, there's no activity. It's called, called Zona del Silencio, like the silent zone. Um, now, I'm wondering if they, they, somebody mentioned that if you're away, if, if, uh, in other words, do they, does the system work like this? Do they capture your pattern of your, your brain somehow? And then if you're away for six weeks, does that kind of erase from the system? Is that a possibility? Does, does your brain pattern change over time? Do you have any idea about that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an expertise in the area of uh, brain waves and, and, and brain patterns, but uh, you know, I'm sure they, that, that's an interesting area of research. I'm sorry, say that again? How they find you, how they locate you kind of thing. Well, um, I, I've kind of covered that at least from a, a, a microwave technology. Uh, I've, I've got a few diagrams there. In, in the third ebook. it's called uh, uh, Microwave Torture of Ed Snowden and Julian Assange. Um, and there, there are, I try to make it as simple as possible, but there are a number of diagrams and, and illustrations, and I've tried to explain each one in simple terms. And it's free. I, I recommend you download it if you have a few minutes. I think you'll find it fairly informative. It's not intended to be all-encompassing. I haven't tried to answer every question. I've just tried to answer some of the basic questions of how the technology works and what frequencies that it uses. Great. Thanks very much for, for all your advice yep, and your expertise. Okay. All right. Thank you. Now I'm going to come up to Melinda. Melinda Fee. Yes, hi. Hi there. How uh, are you, Melinda? Yes, so-so, uh, Ella. Um, really quickly, this is uh, sort of interesting. I've got a leg sore that they gave me, quote-unquote. The skin was just open one morning from no trauma or anything. And it's very, very painful. 
and I will have it I'll go to the doctor and I'll change the dressing and debride it and everything. The thing hurts so darn much anyway, but then they will start, it seems, it feels like they take a hot cigarette and put it out in the raw part of the the thing. And they do this at night just when I'm ready for bed, and they're doing it right now. And no matter where I go, it's there. Um, I was thinking the neighbors, quite possibly, there are perps in this building, could be doing it uh, in terms of the ground borne satellite. I would have no idea. Uh, there's just no way to get rid of it, and uh, drugs don't, you know, painkillers don't touch it. It's just, it's just quite awful, unrelenting. And um, they stole all of my medical records, so they're picking on stuff that has happened maybe 30 years ago, and they'll start to pound it with whatever energy they're using on me, which radio waves or microwaves. Um, do you have any suggestions for that, just in terms of shielding, maybe? Yeah, now, your done. thing about the broken mirror, or not the broken, but the sided, multi-sided mirror, if I were to put that over the leg, would that deflect, do you think? Well, what what you would want to use, is your name Melissa? Did I understand that correctly? Melinda. 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 I'm sorry, Melinda. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. sorry to hear that you're you're having so much difficulty. I, I, I sympathize with you. I, I wish there was, maybe I can give you some helpful information. Um, moving magnets can be helpful because it will make it difficult to target a single location. The the type of magnet that you want to use is called neodymium, spelled N-E-O-D-Y-M-I-U-M. And they're they're not terribly expensive, but you want to get them in motion. If if the signal, you need to uh, try to identify the, the direction the signal is coming from. Is it coming from vertically overhead? Is oh, that's hard to tell because they're affecting it. No matter what I do, no matter which desk or chair I'm sitting at, they can get me. So I would okay. say if I'm lying down, of course, from the roof, from the from the roof, I'm on the top floor. Sitting down, it would be from a wall next door. I mean, that's you know, easy logic for me. Okay. If one way to try to to try to tell is if you if you take your dependent on the sensitivity in your hand or your arm um, or maybe your fingertips is to cover it and try to trace with the back of your hand the direction that the energy is coming from does that make sense yes it does i'll try that try i was it. thinking there's a sensor in there and if they flick it and turn it on that's it it's on do you know what I mean? That once it's on, it doesn't matter where I am. That's just a, a dream thought. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know. Well, that, that's that's possible. That's that's certainly possible. Some of the older technology that I've read about seem to indicate that uh, radio frequency chips were used, and it, it's also my understanding that most of the recent examples don't need any chip at all. But mm-hmm. if it's what, what part of the country are you located in? Do you mind? I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. The Valley, Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Sherman okay. Oaks. Um, so, uh, in the, unless they're using a drone or um, a portable portable device from a neighborhood, and both of those are actually fairly unlikely, um, but it's it's possible. 
is if you want you want to try to determine the direction and then put some um, magnet put some of these magnets on strings from your ceiling, for example, if it's coming from the sky. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And these and these magnets, if you put a fan blowing them or something like that, so that they're constantly moving, it will make it very difficult for them to track a single point. Does that make sense? Yes, because absolutely. It, a microwave is basically electromagnetic energy, so putting magnets in its way or cross, even cl close to crossing its path will disrupt the path, okay? Yeah, and you don't want me to put the magnets on, on a bandage on my leg. You want them no. floating in the air. You, you, you want okay. them moving. The more they move, okay. the more difficult, it, the more it will disrupt the path, okay? And the other okay. thing that might help or that I have heard, and there might be some other uh, listeners that have some, some suggestions, that leather, uh, heavy leather can be helpful to wrap uh, the area. If you've got some heavy leather, original, yeah, authentic leather, authentic mm -hmm. leather is, is very effective at dampening the microwaves. So you, you I got might some. want to try it. Okay. Now, quickly, three quick things just I'm going to throw out to you. AI, could this be uh, done by AI to me? Uh, any thought of the August 21st solar eclipse and what do you think of flat Earth? You don't have to answer any of those, but if you have a quick thought, it might be interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, AI, um, I have read about one TI that claimed that uh, they were sending messages that were clearly that he could tell were clearly programmed. It wasn't an individual that was, he was basically getting messages mm -hmm. 24 hours a day, on and on and on, talking about anything and everything. It just would never shut up. And he Can't was certain that, that, that no person could talk for that long, that it had to be, uh, you know, a, a computer program. And, and I tend to agree with him. And that um, it, it, the fact that it was repeating certain phrases and stuff over and over again also seemed to indicate that it was a program. So in theory, that can be done. The software that is used to do that, that will mimic any human voice, is put out by a, a software company called Adobe. It's called Adobe Voco, V-O-C-O. And you may have read, um, I believe it was in, in Washington, D.C., just a few years ago, where a woman claimed that the president was talking to her and giving her advice and orders all the time, and she drove, tried to drive her car up to the White House gates, and uh, yeah. she ended up, yeah, ended up... Uh, shot. That was so sad. Yes, it was very sad, and they, they tried to write her off, and it's, it's very clear that, um, uh, that the government had access to the software that can mimic any voice. It takes... According to the, the manufacturer, they need 20 minutes of recording of anyone, including the president, and then this computer program will mimic the voice, and, and it will say anything you want it to say. And so she was utterly convinced that uh, the president was talking to her when, in, when in fact, it was a computer program. So yeah. uh, just be aware that that technology exists, and and you, know, you can certainly prevent the, the worst of of whatever the effects they're trying or intending. Um, and, and what was your second question? Oh, the second one was uh, the uh, solar uh, eclipse of August 21st. Been quite a lot of chatter and written on YouTube, a lot of, lot of um, uh, videos on that. 
uh, there's a lot of very strange things about it. Um, and it also fits in the, the Bible and, and various other timelines. And also the flat earth. Have you read anything on that? Or the, the new stuff that are, they're coming up, the new physics about possibility of a flat earth with a dome? Well, I, um, I'll, I'll start with solar eclipse. I, uh, I, it's obviously a fascinating astronomical phenomenon that happens, uh, you know, on a rare enough basis that I think lots of people will be interested in watching, particularly since it's it's uh, an almost uh, complete uh, or full uh, eclipse over uh, much of the United States. So I do think that, mm-hmm. that uh, it's mm-hmm. worth watching. The, the the symbolic implications, and I think uh, a lot, uh, many different cultures and religions will interpret those uh, symbols differently. Um, I'm more of a, a, a kind of an engineer and a technologist, and I'm, I'm fascinated at the phenomena for, for uh, I would say, technology and scientific reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's, 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 you know, I'm like a kid watching. It's just a, a fascinating event to watch. Um, I, I, I don't have any particular uh, symbols or symbolism that goes with it beyond that, but. Uh, uh, it should be fun to watch. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, flat Earth, I, I can't say that I'm well-read on that subject. I, I, I'm certainly a, a fairly open-minded person. I would be willing or interested to read or learn more. Uh, it's it's not, not something where I have uh, any level of expertise, though. Yeah, well, it's a lot of interesting uh, videos have come out in the last month and a half from very interesting people new perspectives, new uh, um, uh, geometry, uh, geometrical figures that show the possibilities. So it's something, you know, in your spare time or anybody's spare time to look up because very interesting. And, of course, there was a TV show called The Dome. I think they're telling us a lot about what's going on through television and films, but that's kind of common knowledge. The only problem is they make it so complicated sometimes. You can't pick up the the cues, the keys, because they're so buried in programming or storyline, whatever. But anyway, it's just a, just a thought. They say that possibly the eclipse um, on the 21st can can give some indications if indeed there is an anomaly in the uh, circumferences of all these things and the way they are in this in the universe. So it'll be interesting. Anyway, I want to thank you so much, and I'm going to go get that old piece of leather I have in the drawer. It's very heavy and thick, how I, and see what we can do here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you. Um, how are you doing on time? It's 8.15. Do you want to take a few more questions? I just want to be um, be respectful of your time. I, I, my time is is all yours, Ella. I'm, I'm, it's a privilege and honor to be here, and I'm, I'll answer oh. questions for as long as folks uh, want to ask them. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to go to Terry. Terry here in Oregon. Hi, Terry. Yeah, sometimes people have their hands set. Let's see, Terry. Another second. Okay, Terry, we can come back to you just all right whenever you're available. 
Okay. Just a second to get another caller. Okay, I'm going to come to Northwest California. Hi, California. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes, hi. Hi, okay. Sorry, I wasn't sure it was me. Uh, Yeah, I have a couple of questions. Um, First of all, you said you were targeted, and you gave us a great bunch of suggestions on how to uh, maybe stop some of this from happening. And I was wondering if you had tried these things yourself, and if you had, what was most successful? That's my first question. Uh, the second question is, um, I also wrote a book and I've done a lot of research and there have been several very credible targets that have put out x-rays of their skulls. And in their skulls, there were chips visible in the x-rays, one or two of them actually have them removed, so we know that this is real. And I was wondering if this, you know, I I assume some of it was tracking, but maybe not, but I wondered if this was a more advanced uh, form of torture (laughs) Uh, and maybe a way to access the um, central nervous system more effectively. Um, well, that's it's, that's an interesting question. I I, I have seen a number of um, um, medical uh, scans, X-rays uh, from people that have uh, claimed to be TIs and. Uh, some interesting things have come up, and, and not not just uh, uh, scans of the head, but the shoulders and feet and knees and uh, lots of different uh, lots of different sites. And uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I am certainly not an expert on that technology. It does appear that they they are getting away from that. That the, the chips and the implants are are simply not necessary. Um, and and it and it it certainly leaves evidence that that uh, something was going on. So uh, right. they have a tendency right. to not want to pursue technologies that 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 leave any uh, credible deniability on the table. So uh, uh, I, I can't say that I know to to what extent or what detail they were using that technology, other than uh, uh, for tracking and. Uh, well, that, there's, just, I, uh, there's a woman scanning people by the name of Melinda Kidder. Um, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I think she said that she was finding um, frequencies emanating from these human bodies um, in 90% of the people that she scanned. And so, and you know, it's interesting. Um, she has a partner by the name of Staniger, and um, she's actually been able 
to track uh, not the frequencies coming from the body, but the frequencies hitting the body of these victims. And um, they were, I believe they were within the range that you were speaking about. Um, up in the, <laughs> excuse me, 3200 something up there. Um, and she actually worked with a FCC. I've seen some of these reports. Some of them are online. And um, some of them have been used in court cases. And she actually used an FCC um, signals analyst for a short amount of time who was able to trace these back to military and research facilities. So that's out there too. Um, So I was just wondering if if you know about that and, and, you know, um, I think there's a lot of different things going on. Um, You know, that they're trying all kinds of different things. That's my own personal take. Um, um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it could be going a bit further um, than you know, just simple targeting with microwaves. Um, But the first part of my question was really important too, which was, have you used any of the things you're suggesting? And if so, what did you feel was most effective in your case for stopping the uh, discomfort? Um, I I, I can certainly talk about some of the, the research that I've done. I, I, uh, I will again mention that uh, I have pending litigation and there are going to be subject areas that, that I can't discuss. Um, okay. I, I, I am willing to discuss the technology and, and the research uh, okay. that I, with, with the measurements that I have made and uh, the contacts that I have made. Um, I can offer suggestions. I, I certainly am not familiar with all of the technologies that are being used, and, and I agree that there's certainly more than one. Um, right. The, the, the ones that, that I have been able to contact and take some measurements um, all involve satellites and uh, our satellite technology. I have read that there is uh, uh, credible information that drones are being used and other methods. Certainly, there's at least one CIA agent uh, by the name of Carl Clark who claims they use portable units on the ground and, and triangulation to um, mm-hmm. to attack people. So um, that that would be yet another example. Uh, so I would agree that there's more than one uh, technology or means that's being used. Um, Okay. And I, I, I'm not familiar with uh, Melinda's work. Melinda Kier, is that who you said? Yeah, Kidder, K-I-D-E-R. Right. Yeah, look up those reports. They're called SCADA, S-C-A-D-A reports. And there's one or two of them online that are really fascinating to look at because they did you know, measure the frequencies hitting the victim. 
And they were, if I remember correctly, within the range of what you're talking about. And I just want to say I agree with everything you've said from my own research, everything, just about everything um, you've said, I have also discovered. And so, you know, I'm just going a bit further with it. And um, I'm sorry I forgot you said you can't discuss your own personal case. So um, I understand that. But um, anyways, thank you so much for the information. It's fascinating. Uh, thank you. And I, 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 I wish you the best. And I appreciate your comments. I'm sure all the listeners appreciate your comments. And input. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, thanks, Roseanne. She wrote a really great book, too, on targeting. So She's one of the many authors that we have in the community that's done excellent work. Okay. Thank you, Roseanne. Okay. We have a large number of callers tonight. Only 140. Okay. Well, that's great. I know. I don't want to keep you here too long. We're going to have to draw the line somewhere. Okay. Hi, Texas. You're on the air. Would you have a question for Richard? Hello, Richard. Hi. uh, I'm uh, really fascinated by what you're saying. I haven't heard of any of your work or anything uh, before. Uh, I am a uh, communications technician, and um, I read on uh, uh, Bigger Than Snowden, about the 450 megahertz um, <clears throat> relating to tendonitis. And several past, uh, oh, what, year, two years, I've uh, been plagued with the tendonitis and been able to discover where it's coming from. But um, I do work with um, uh, critical communication frequencies, which is around 450. And uh, I... Uh, uh, I was able to um, uh, see and demodulate the 450 signal that was causing my tendonitis. And um, oddly enough, I had uh, also ordered a uh, CD from David for tendonitis. Um, and uh, playing that back, it's uh, and looking at the uh, audio waveforms. They're very complex waveforms on there. And uh, uh, I found out that the uh, demodulated 450 signal sounds just like the uh, audio on uh, David's CD. And uh, the day after that, uh, I, uh, I, uh, uh, me and a partner of mine uh, saw this uh, signal. This was at uh, where I work. Uh, it, it stopped. The, the tendonitis stopped, and they also shut it off at home. So I've been free of the tendonitis, and the, and uh, uh, it was getting real strained. They they obviously know how to vary it to uh, help to a very powerful point to where uh, I'm just kind of. Uh, uh, in a kind of a confused state of mind, hard hard to uh, focus my thoughts and get plans sorted and stuff, and uh, it affects my my thought process, and it's also affecting me physically uh, to where uh, uh, 
I was spending a lot of time in bed. So um, I uh, have a suggestion if people are plagued with the tendonitis, go to uh, a uh, radio shop uh, that uh, repair police radios and uh, critical communication places and rent a portable uh, radio and have them tune it on the receive side to uh, 450 and uh, take a uh, take somebody to to their home where they're uh, being plagued with tendonitis and uh, 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 take a uh, uh, somebody with them who can uh, uh, and uh, use your telephone recorder or a video recorder and uh, uh, take it home and turn the portable uh, radio on. And if you get a demodulated signal, uh, audio signal that sounds just like David's uh, tinnitus CD, uh, then you have uh, uh, means of uh, litigation. But I understand that um, the FCC actually has allowed. Um, uh, uh, the police to actually use that frequency. Uh, is that correct? Uh, I I would have to look that up on an FCC frequency chart, and, and, and anyone can. But uh, I I do think there are a number of frequency bands in there that are used for um, emergency services, as you mentioned. Yeah. Well, uh, that's just a suggestion, um, but it, it really uh, took care of my tendonitis. Well, that, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there's some listeners that uh, appreciate that comment. Okay. All right. Okay, thanks, that's Jackson. all I have. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, I'm going to come to Oregon now. I don't know if they've been there a while, so let's see if they're there still. Hi, Oregon. Oregon, would you like to ask Richard a question? Find somebody else. I'm going to come to 657. I believe this is Cece. Hi. Hi there. Um, I would like to ask uh, his opinion on why he thinks there are so many targeted individuals in certain states, including um, I, I know there's, a, uh, from what I, I've heard, a, a lot in North and South Carolina, Colorado, California, these seem to be, and Florida as well. So do you think there's something to that? Um, because if, if the satellite is, satellites are targeting us, then why aren't there targeted, you know, targets evenly spaced throughout the United States? That's just one of my questions. Um, and the other one, because they're, they're messing with me right now, I can barely think. Um, <clears throat> I I wrote it down. Hold on, I forgot what it was already. But you can go ahead and, and elaborate on your thoughts on that. Okay. First of all, thanks for your question, and and I I think it's an interesting point. 
and uh, I, I'm not sure I can say for sure how evenly spaced um, um, folks or targets are, but I do think that um, William Benny's uh, global survey should kind of narrow down our understanding of that, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, that they're trying to do that survey, and I, I encourage folks to participate in that. Um, it's, it's online, you just uh, answer some questions apparently, and uh, I think that the data that they gather from that will be very helpful in determining um, which, if any, areas are focused on more than others, and maybe there's a reason for that. And I, I would be um, curious yeah. to know what that is. Some yeah. TIs uh, recognize that they've been targeted since they were very, very young, even as a child. Um, and then some targets believe that they became targets out of retaliation. Um, uh, I'm a whistleblower and an injured worker, and I believe that my targeting um, uh, occurred because of that initially. And then someone, I think it was Miss McKinney, a former uh, military gal, who said no matter when you think your targeting began, go back another 10 or 20 years and see, you know, try to remember, was there any nuance that could have potentially have been early onset targeting? And so I have done that, and I, I have to say there could be correlation to that. There, for example, the pain behind my eyes that I'm feeling right now, um, I have felt... Uh, before I even realized I was being targeted, um, long before, years ago, um, and um, and I remember when I um, worked in Irvine for a certain escrow company. Um, I always felt like I not, I shouldn't say I always felt like I. At times, I thought, "Am I being monitored? Am I being watched?" And one of the um, one of the, uh, in fact, the president's son was transferred to my office, and uh, he became my assistant. And um, he told me one day that he was transferred there to keep an eye on all of us, which probably is true and may or may not have anything to do with my targeting. Um and then, of course, he later denied he, he came back in. I guess he was told to retract that, so he came back in one day and denied that. Anyway, long story short, there were nuances uh, that could be uh, a correlation to early-onset tar targeting, um, but they were so slight uh, that I, I would not, you know, I initially, well, let me put it this way. Uh, I be the targeting was in my face just after one of my employers, who I was uh, prepared to blow the whistle on. Uh, he was an attorney. Um, he said to me, "If you tell anyone yada yada about what was going on in his his office, uh, he and his friends in high places could make my life very difficult." And I kid you not, it was it, it was. It was pretty apparent that I got, for example, I got locked out of my apartment. Um, I got eggs thrown out at my front porch. Uh, I set up security because things started kind of 
going on, but I just thought I didn't. How do I want to say this? I didn't correlate it to. Um, some of it seemed natural, like I, I, you know what? I cannot find my words. They're interfering in my thoughts right now, so I'm going to pass. But uh, I'm going to pass the phone to somebody else because they're interfering in my thoughts, and I can't get out what I want to say. So, but uh, I just um, I. Uh, I wanted to say some of us are clearly a part of some sort of retaliation program, and some of us uh, or some some folks believe that they have been a target most of their lives. And my thoughts are this. Here's my last question. How is this helping our nation? Uh, if it is the CIA, NSA, and uh, these different covert operations, black projects, how is this uh, uh, helping our nation? Or can we just, or can we just um, casually say, well, there are some people involved in these programs that are that are uh, extending retaliation to friends in business, to corporations. Uh, or maybe they're selling uh, uh, these tactics uh, and retaliation programs to corporations because there are a lot of whistleblowers who are uh, who are targets, like myself. And I'm not a, a whistleblower in government. I'm a whistleblower uh, uh, in a corporation, so to speak. Um, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up because. They're, I'm being targeted right now. My eyes hurt. My head hurts. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. Well, I, I, I appreciate your, your comments. I, you, you brought out some good points there. I, I think there are uh, – I, I don't know that I could say there was a specific reason. I, I think a lot of people have speculated on different reasons and – specific outcomes that um, um, different sectors of the government was hoping to achieve. Uh, but I think uh, behind that, as I had mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the, the answer for me has always been follow the money. Where that, That's where you get your answer on this one. And uh, uh, in my opinion, and I published uh, a brief ebook on it, um, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, uh, and the Council on Foreign Relations are the, the money and the order givers, and their their um, their long term strategy and goals um, uh, are, are not certainly in the best interest of all Americans, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not, one, I'm of not sure that's thing, one of the other things that Dr. Uh, John Hall said was that where there's a target. There's almost always a private investigative firm or a law firm, and that certainly seems to be the case in my targeting. Uh, but, you know, I could be wrong about it. Again, it's a PSYOPs program, and they don't want me to know. You know, anything they can do to destroy my credibility is useful to their whatever, their plan. Um, but... I'm just uh, I'm just amazed that this happens. I, you know, I've been a target for several years now that I know of, um, and um, I was, you know, you don't know my story. Most everybody on the phone does, but I I was actually 
brutally forced under anesthesia in a beautiful surgery center and maimed from my skull down to my tailbone. And now I'm disabled. Um, And that certainly seems like retaliation to me. Or perhaps it was part of uh, trauma-based mind control. I don't know. Um, But uh, those involved in my workers' comp claim uh, seem to um, have no problem in participating uh, in events that took place through my claim, uh, including the judge. So uh, it's definitely... How do I want to say George Carlin used to say, it's a club, and we're not in it. You know, we're just the pawns, and uh, we're getting stepped on and abused uh, and tormented, um, and, you know, we're just looking for any avenue to, you know, not even fight back, but to, to shield ourselves from these horrific uh, uh, attacks um and surprisingly why doesn't our our congress and senators do something about this why is it uh that they i mean in in a sense they're cooperating as well because for example even dr john hall said you got to get out of the state of california because people have who have written our senators for example somebody wrote to diane feinstein about targeting, organized stalking, and directed energy weapons, and she wrote back for them to go get um, psychological help. Uh, You know, she's on the intelligence committee, so you can't tell me she doesn't know about these programs. Um, Anyway, there's uh, one of my ideas was to contact some of the people on these intelligence programs and basically tell them, if you don't help us, then you are part of the problem. Then, uh, you know, you need to be removed or um, voted out of office because this is happening to the American people, and you're not protecting us, and that is their job to protect us, including from, uh, you know, essentially this is domestic terrorism, what we're going through. So, uh, anyway, I'm... Ella, thank you. Thank you, Ella. Thank you for your comments. Yeah, thank you, Cece. Okay, I'm going to go to James Lico. He's next. Hi, James. Hi, can you hear me? We can hear you. Oh, great. Um, I uh, I I had a question, one question about infrasound and. This goes back to Melinda's question because I have uh, I I didn't understand Melinda's said it was um, a bear patch or uh, some skin was missing and what I have uh, was boils on my skin. They create these boils with um, it seems like infrasound and from what I understand, infrasound is um, twenty hertz. Yeah, 20 hertz and below, and no, uh, 20 to 20,000. Yeah, 20 hertz and below, and ultrasound is above 20,000 hertz. And um, what I notice is that that they're uh, with these boils, they're hurting, but they're only hurting when they put energy into them. And the energy, you know, I couldn't figure it out, 
and then um, by accident I put my hand over it to cover it, and that stopped it. But if I if I took my hand partially off of it, it would start up again. So I I thought maybe that's possibly sound, you know. And I I uh, you know I kind of I have a degree in uh, uh, an associate's degree in electronics engineering technology, so I'm not you know I, I know some things. And um, let's see. So I I found that uh, you can put something like um, something like Vaseline on it, and then put a bandage over it, and that would give me relief. And the thing about the leather, well, that's kind of like skin. Leather is, you know, is animal skin. So that made sense why that worked. So I just thought I'd throw those things out there. And um, just I just want to say, you know, I would like to hear your thoughts on infrasound, if you know, if you could. And I uh, that the lady previous said that we should think back 10 or 20 years about the targeting. Well, I I managed to think back about 10, 5 to 10, and I discovered that I was targeted back when I worked for Martin Marietta in Piketon, Ohio. And um, yeah, surprise, surprise. And I remember my boss saying that they that he had a phased array antenna on his roof and some of the things they that I was told were similar to the targeting I have, and it took all that time to actually remember them. So that was another thing. And and then I remembered further back to when I was, um, and I, I had uh, social anxiety disorder. That lasted for about, I'm, I'm just guessing about, I don't have time to work it back, but five five to 10 years. And then it came as quickly as it came on, it went away. And then before that, I had headaches right after high school. I, I was a boy, you know, and and uh, these headaches would come on very suddenly and stay for a while and then go away just as quickly. And then, you know, after five to ten years, those stopped totally, just like as if like one day I didn't get headaches anymore. That, that was another thing. So I might have been targeted back when I was a, a child. So... Um, yeah, so I just wanted to comment on that, and then uh, and then the infrasound. So thank you. Well, thanks for your comments, James. Um, I can't say that I, I I know a lot about the infrasound technology. I, um, again, most of my measurements have been from uh, uh, satellite-based technologies and. Uh, in theory, it is possible to insert just about any frequency into uh, that uh, under that primary carrier wave, and it and it could be carried from the satellite to ground. Um, I can't I can't say that I know much about the infrasound range as far as um, harmful technologies, though. But it, you do bring up an interesting point, and and it's it's something that I will look into and and try to do a little research on. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me get to the next. 
Okay, I'm going to come up to the handle Lurks 2012. Hi there. Hi, Amir. I didn't have a question exactly, but uh, I was just uh, wanting to check in and say hello. Okay. Well, hi. Thanks for checking in with us. All right. I'm going to come to Missouri, North Missouri. There we go. Hi, Missouri. Do you have a question for Richard? Could you tell me briefly what the topic is? I'm sorry? Uh, what in a nutshell is his specialty, so I can ask an appropriate question, please. Um, do you want to answer that for me, Richard? Sure, sure. Um, I. I uh, my background is in uh, mechanical engineering, and I previously worked for NASA. And I'm interested in the technologies that are being used uh, by uh, satellites uh, under the intelligence agencies. And I've uh, been doing some research on it for uh, since uh, since about January of 2016. Oh, you sort of want to know what people are experiencing. I'm sorry. I, I, he wants to know what people are experiencing, just to sort of get a, a snapshot of, of what you know, a snippet of what everyone's uh, experiences are. Do you I have a see. Well, yeah. Do you do you have a question along those lines? Oh, a question. Well, I'm going to go ahead and mute you, and when you have a question, just star eight, and we'll come back to you. Okay, so I'm going to go to Florida, North Florida. Hi, Florida. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. I'm hanging in there, girl. I'm hanging in there. Um, but I am uh, especially uh, pleased to hear, is it Dr. Lighthouse? No, no. <laughs> just, just Richard. <laughs> just Richard. Okay, Richard, I'm Sandra, so good to meet you. Um, hi, Sandra. Hi. Um, I uh, just wanted to run something by you because I understand um, at least as much as I can understand of what you were saying about the uh, the technicalities of the um, you know the satellite systems and so on. But also um, just wanted you know just wanted everyone to know that again it's it's many layers to this thinking I'm in with this thing and um Raytheon uh has a um uh, has a portable weapon. Um the the patent number is W O two hundred seventy twenty two three thirty nine A three and there are, you know, a few more numbers listed, I guess maybe as it was being developed. I'm not sure the uh, you know, how that part of it goes, but uh that was the number I initially found it under and um so this is uh Kenneth W. Brown is is one of the inventors on this particular weapon and he he has a, a lot of stuff <laughs> that came up under racing on. Um, but this particular 
portable weapon comprises a non-lethal and a lethal portion. And I'm just reading basically what the abstract says. It says the lethal portion may comprise a rifle and the non-lethal portion may comprise a, a millimeter wave directed energy weapon. Uh, the non-lethal portion may comprise a kit to add non-lethal capability to um, to a lethal weapon. Uh, and the non-lethal portion may comprise an output antenna to generate um, a high-power millimeter wave initial wave front, a main reflector, and a sub-reflector to reflect the initial wave front to the main reflector. And um, the main reflector may direct the reflected wave front in a four-sided direction towards a target. So that's just one of the portable um, weapons that are out there. Um, but I also wanted to um, ask Richard about the um, another uh, patent that um, I became aware of. It's the methods and apparatus for wide area synthetic aperture radar detection. So under that, it says methods and apparatus for providing a first radar system, having a transmitter and a receiver and a reflector to provide a synthetic aperture radar relationship. The signal return is processed to generate an image of targets, plural targets, in the area. Uh, the reflector can be stationary, parabolic, or ring-shaped. So my, my question actually to you is, um, because I've, I've thought for quite some time that the common home satellite dish that they're using that, to harm us, and also, um, so what do you think about that? First of all, and what do you what what would might you know about the Helmholtz resonator, and would it have something to do with the fact that I and many other TIs are vibrating like nobody's business? I mean, just. Sometimes that vibration is so strong, it's it's unbelievable. And so when I went to get some additional information about the Helmholtz resonator, I, I at the library, I quickly found out that that information um, apparently falls under the Patriot Act because um, what I was the information returned to me was that only certain individuals could access that information. So there's that, um, and can a can a resonator be um, like? Could it be a do-it-yourself type job as well? Okay, those are those are good questions. Um, first of all, we can touch base on the um, the, the Raytheon portable systems. The um, I had mentioned previously there's a, a former CIA agent named uh, Carl Clark, 
and he has described in in some of the statements he's made that uh, they use portable uh, portable equipment. He didn't mention any specific manufacturer names, but uh, simply made reference to the fact that they do have portable pieces of equipment that one person can carry, and that uh, his assignment was to triangulate the the TIs that they were tracking. And uh, they were able to do that on the ground, that they weren't using satellites or drones or anything like that. And that this was early on, so this was quite a few years ago, that he was involved with this. Uh, but um, so it's clear that the portable technology does exist. Um, and I, I, I would imagine that Raytheon isn't the only one that can make it. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, you, you bring up a good patent there that, that's a good reference. Um, the other question you asked um, uh, involving radar, a radar patent? Um, um, with reference to, well, there was the, um, what was it, the um, synthetic radar aperture, um, I believe it's called. And so it basically seems like with that, um, the you know, with that device, um, or technology that um, they would be able to track, let's say, I don't know how large an area, but I would say a pretty wide area. Um, and just wondering if you had any knowledge of the scope that that might entail. Well, it's 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 a good point. Um, the the radar type equipment generally broadcasts a very wide signal, whereas um, most of the TIs are describing what is more of a precision um, signal generation that, that's okay. very focused. And so the, the the radar technology is is very effective at say locating moving aircraft in the sky or um, uh, uh, traffic, for example, a traffic pattern if they're used uh, on freeway signs above the freeway. But um, they, 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 in general, will broadcast over a very wide range and then take a reflected signal that comes back that's, that uh, gives general shapes and general features but uh, doesn't give sort of the precision targeting um, that's required uh, to, you know, to do some of the things that, that, that you've heard some people describe tonight. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, I'm, I've always gotten the electronic uh, end of it, the microwave, the burning. The, so um, that, that I was just wondering how wide of an area that might cover. Um, but, but you've kind of explained, you know, the basics of, of of that, so I, I really do appreciate that very much. And then the, I guess the only other thing left was the um, resonator. Uh, well, you know what they, there is a there is a microwave transmitter receiver device with light pointing and tracking system. So that sounds like similar something similar to what you were speaking about earlier. And I've I've been heavily targeted with with microwaves, um, really almost from the time I I kind of realized what was happening. So, 
with that and understanding um you know what you said about the uh about the magnets because I've never really attempted any shielding for uh various reasons um but um that that the magnets what you said about that was very very interesting to me and something that I think I may uh give a shot at um but um just wondered if you might might have any thoughts about the um the resonator the Helmholtz resonator what that does and if it could be homemade because I believe that I came across one that was a do-it-yourself job. Well, I I, I certainly couldn't... Uh, I, I can't say that I'm that familiar with Helmholtz resonators and, and I, I neither could I rule it out as being something that they, they might experiment with. But... Um, in general, the the, um, the the frequencies that they're using are are uh, uh, much different than what a Helmholtz resonator does. But I, uh-huh. I've also heard several people describe the sort of vibrations that I think you're describing, and um, that's that's not necessarily due to a, a different apparatus or a different device. The, um, the specific frequencies that we've discussed tonight could um, provide the, the same phenomena, that sort of vibration, particularly if you're close to a wall or a desk or some firm surface, surface that can, that can you're, you're basically agitating it to its own natural resonant frequency. So it, it, the frequency you're mm-hmm. getting is kind of a secondary effect but it's not coming from a different device. Does, does that make any sense? It would be sort of like um, uh, like when you, someone plays loud bass music, and and mm-hmm. you you can you can feel the um, you can eat, feel the puffs of air, or you can feel the vibration in the in the door of the car, for example. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's 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 not because the door is playing the music. It's simply a secondary vibration that's being picked up from the bass frequencies in the music. So it's not using necessarily a separate device. It's just the, the it's it's a secondary vibration that's coming from sort of the primary. I'm not sure that makes sense, but uh, I, I think uh, I I think I understand what you're saying about that because there's something. Uh, called a bass frequency, and I'm not really, <laughs> I'm the least technical person you would ever meet. Um, but when I was reading about that, it sounds similar to what you're saying um, about the vibrations. But honestly, sometimes they're so strong, it just feels like, it doesn't feel like it's a secondary thing, is what I'm saying. Okay, um, well... So. I, I have I have also read that um, other other frequencies can be used and they're not. Um, uh, for example, the ELF waves are very low frequency vibrations, and there are signal generators that can that, that are like a very low frequency bass uh, uh, speaker, and mm. and those those frequencies aren't absorbed by the atmosphere or by buildings or anything else. They will travel for many, many miles, um, and and it doesn't slow them down. So Mm. 
that that is one possible source is that uh, some of these uh, the, the ELF waves are called extremely low frequency waves, and they will produce a vibration type of effect. But whether or not they're that, that's not necessarily coming from a satellite, it could come from someone on the ground that's simply um, pointing one of uh, these ELF signal generators, and it, it's not necessarily a satellite-based um, technology. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't doubt that you're feeling that. I just I don't have any way to identify um, mm-hmm. without measuring it. You know what 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 the source might be. Okay, and one last question, please. What um, I'm not sure how to put it, but um, there was a uh, I came across information um, the the effects of microwaves on the on this central nervous system or the human nervous system, however it was put. And so when we are being, you know, basically attacked as we are, um, do you have any information on how these devices and this technology is affecting us at a molecular level, a cellular level? Um Simply because I've, you know, I've I've read a lot of information um, about different things that, you know, that can happen with the central nervous system and with other things. My my friend Melinda earlier was talking to you and uh, about her leg, and um, I had sort of a similar issue um, with mine, and so. Um, I'm just wondering if you have information. I know you're not a medical doctor, but maybe you've come across some information um, that that is relative to that question. It's an it's an excellent question and an excellent point, and and I I do want to be better informed about sort of the biological effects, and and I am reading and learning like many other folks uh, here tonight are, and. Um, Dr. John Hall, in his books, provides a good bit of background on some of the biological effects. Primarily, the microwaves cause thermal heating and expansion in the body, in the cells, and so that's what causes kind of the inflammation and the throbbing and the pain that might be associated with some of the minor effects. Um, I have read information that suggests fish oil, uh, which are high in omega-3 and omega-6, will actually help with some of that. So for for folks that are experiencing inflammation in joints or uh, pain that they think might be related to that, I, I can suggest um, uh, fish oil supplements, which, which are not expensive at all. Um, it certainly won't hurt you, but unless, of course, you're allergic to um, uh, fish oil. But uh, uh, it, it's the, the omega threes and omega six in in the oil um, will help with the inflammation, and uh, uh, that that's something that you might could try. Well, thank you very much. I'll definitely uh, look at your site, and uh, very appreciative of the information this evening that you've. Uh, that you put on the table. Very much appreciated. Thank you. And and thank you for your uh, questions and comments. 
Florida. Okay, I have, I think, personally, I think I can't go too much longer, so I'm going to take just a couple more questions. And okay. it's earlier where I am. It's a little later where you're at. Okay. I'm going to go to Massachusetts. Hi, Massachusetts. Hi. Hi. Uh, excellent. I really enjoyed the program. Can I please have the correct spelling of his last name so I can go to his site? Sure. Richard? It's um, my uh, my website is R Lighthouse, and Lighthouse is spelled L I G H T H O U S E. Okay. Okay. At dot com? Yeah, our lighthouse okay, dot com. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. And I'm going to go up to Arlene. She's been waiting a while. She was, oh, she's not there anymore. Let me go to Lily, Lily Laroon. Hi there. Hi. Hi, Hi, you're thanks, there. Ella. Hi, thanks for putting me on, Ella. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know, um, it's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a really great speaker. I'm really um, learning a lot. I missed some of it, sadly, but um, I, you know, I can always catch it on the tape later, some of it. But I did have some questions, um, <laughs> if he has the time. Um, one of the things I had, I mean, I might have missed it if he had already said it, so please excuse me if I missed it. Um, I was just curious if he had any insight as to, I know at the beginning I had caught something about the FBI, CIA, and confidential payments. Um, that did not shock me at all that perhaps <laughs> they were doing things like that and paying people and ordering them to do this to us. It totally didn't shock me because I remember when I naively went to the FBI in my area and the runaround I was given and they, they practically, you know, I told them I was having trouble with the mail for one thing only told me to send them a letter. And they just made the whole thing. It was like a comedy show. They came out to the car to talk to me, Agent 1, Agent 2, taking notes. I mean, it just was like a joke. So I just got a sense I wasn't getting any help from them and was feeling even then that perhaps they might have a hand in it. So that part didn't surprise me. But I was wondering if you had any inkling, um, I mean, what the motivation would be. I mean, do they? how would they make money by doing that? You know, I, I just don't get it. I get where, yeah, they're going to increase their payroll. They're going to get grants to do more of it and more of it. But in the end, what are they financially, if you have any idea, gaining from that, any of these agencies doing this to us? Well, I, I certainly don't know all, all the details. And, and, and um, I, I would assume that sooner or later there will be a whistleblower in the, in, in the FBI that will come forward mm -hmm. and, and, and provide more information. Ted Gunderson is is mm -hmm. one of the best sources that I can recommend. He has just been mm -hmm. a treasure trove of amazing information. For those mm -hmm. listeners that have never heard of Ted Gunderson, I urge you to uh, or encourage you to, to seek out information on him. Uh, yeah, what they did to him. What they yeah. did to him. <laughs> yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they don't have a lot of people who blow the whistle anymore. <laughs> you know, sadly to say. 
Well, yeah, that, that's unfortunate. I don't, I don't think, uh, my own opinion is it's not going to discourage uh, whistleblowing. I think that uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of these folks have enough uh, integrity that, that absolutely nothing mm-hmm. will discourage them from mm-hmm. from doing what's right. And, and I, right. I know many people that, that are certainly not involved with any of this that would that would gladly, uh, under their own integrity, stand up for whatever they knew to be right, regardless of uh, the circumstances right. and the situation. But so. we certainly pray for more Ed Snowdens. <laughs> um, the other quick questions I have for you, because I know time is so limited, and these are kind of quick. Sounds like we don't have answers on that yet, and we're just praying for more whistleblowers, which would be great. Um, just if you had any insight as to, we've been hearing a lot lately on some of the calls about the alleged um, so-called illegal alien mafia, and how they are uh, gaining uh, some of our assets, and this might have something to do with our targeting, that they are, you know, uh, targeting us with the hope maybe to take our our attention off perhaps some assets that we have and, uh, you know, perhaps even eliminate us uh, and then sell our benefits that we might have some of them to the uh, illegal immigrants that come over here, so to speak. I don't know if you had any insight on that or not. I, I can't can't say that I, I know much about that. I, um, mm-hmm. Most of my um, my research has been focused on kind of the technology side, and uh, okay. um, you know my background is an engineer, so the the, right. the the science and the math and the physics that go into it is is something that I'm very curious about, and and okay. something that I hope that I can share and, and help others with. Oh, that's amazing, and we appreciate it so much because I think a lot of us are not well-versed in those areas. Um, maybe more, you know, more of us, I think, seem to be more the social sciences or whatever, like myself. Um, one question along that line, then, and this hopefully be, this be, you know, my last question, and I appreciate your answers. Um, I know you guys are getting tired, and it's coming to the end. Um, one of them is I noticed a lot of times they've been frying out my radios, CD players, and things like that especially ones that might help me. Like, you know, we have a targeted person who came up with a CD that supposedly helps the uh, tinnitus, and, thing, and they will mess with that so so I can't hear it, and other TIs have said the same thing. How are they doing that? Like, how are they – and my charger, too. Like, other people will say their cell phones will burn out or whatever. With me, they seem to get the chargers get really hot, and um, it just seems like they're they, – burn things out with me. The, the electric stove gets really hot and uh, the, the radios uh, fry out. Uh, I even had one with an antenna. They kept uh, messing with that, the antenna on the radio, and then just totally ruining my signal on like four or five different radios. So I'm wondering what is up with that, if you have any insight with that. I'm, I'm glad you asked I'm glad you asked that because I've, I've heard that, that same uh, comment from uh, people before. In general, what they're doing, if it's, for example, a car radio or a car DVD player or a portable CD player that has a radio on it, they're going through the radio frequency to get at the um, the software that's built into the, the, the radio, Okay, whether it's your car or you know, a CD player in your car. So the way, the, the way you defeat that is you change the radio station often, okay? Randomly change the radio station on AM and FM, um, mm-hmm. and it prevents them from accessing uh, the device. Does that make sense? But that's how uh, they're doing I, it. In, in uh, other words, I, if you're, 
if, if your radio is turned to tuned to FM 100, they can tune a signal generator to FM 100 and send a frequency that will get that will alter the programming in the the device. Does that make sense? So by constantly changing the radio station, now they can't get at it. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I have tried those things. Like I have even heard switch the radio station. I've heard put the white noise thing on. That helps a little bit. I, is that true too? Like if you go in between two stations, supposedly that messes them up too. I've heard. I don't know if that's true, but I have heard that one. I've tried it. Uh, <laughs> it seems to help a little bit. Um, sometimes too, when I would go away from my car, I would come back and they'd have all the stations changed too. So they would mess with it um, while I was away from my car. I don't know if they turned Obviously, they must have turned it on to do it. It was a smart car, so that would make it much easier. But um, I would come back and all my stations would be messed up, you know, changed. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, e- each each different manufacturer is going to put slightly different software and programming in it. So there's not – I can't say that there's one general rule that – that would apply in every instance, but um, I would suggest trying changing the radio station on a regular basis and and see if that doesn't help. I I think you might find that that helps. Okay. Well, thank you. I had one more. I have one more person that uh, had their hand up earlier, and I think they weren't able to get to the phone. Do you mind one last question? No, no, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Okay, Terry, I'm going to come to you, and hopefully you're available. One second. Uh oh, he's not there. He must have hung up right at the time. Okay, well, if that's the case, let me go to one person. Let me just double check. He was just right there. Hmm. Okay. I'll just go to Texas. You're the last question, Texas. Hi, Texas. Hi, this is Texas again. Um, I wanted to. Um, uh, clarify something that I had spoken with you earlier on uh, Dave's uh, CD for tendonitis. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, what I was saying was that uh, when I was demodulating the 450 megahertz signal uh, that uh, I had found uh, that was tendonitis at work, um, it sounded just like Dave's CD, um, the audio. But uh, it sounded like I was discrediting Dave's CD and, and saying that Dave's CD was causing tinnitus. No, I'm. I. Uh, I'm uh, uh, okay. I believe it's the opposite. I, I think yeah. Dave's tinnitus uh, CD is uh, working great to interfere with the damage that the uh, uh, signal, the audio signal is, is doing. I have a frequency CD. Yep, that seems like, you know, I generally hear positive things about that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, proven to be quite effective. So. Yeah, for tinnitus and different, yeah, probably disruption, disruption of uh, signals. What do you think? I, I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a good possibility. And, I mean, I... I it's not something that I've heard of before, but um, it it sounds very interesting. And uh, um, clearly, yeah. if, if it works or it's effective, that 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 that's I think that speaks well for it. I'm, it's it's not something that I have researched in the past, though. But 
uh, something that I, I, if I come across something similar to that, I'll, I'll certainly try to catch up on it. Well, um, I just want to say thank you. We've been listening to Richard Lighthouse. He's the author. Um, he's worked for NASA. He's an engineer, and he has a website. Uh, it's rlighthouse.com, and a lot of his books are free for downloads. And um, I just want to say thank you so much, and I hope you come back. You just are a wealth of information yourself and just very appreciative of you. Well, and, and I appreciate uh, your time, and, and I hope I can help out a little bit. I, 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 thanks okay. for letting me be on your show, Ella. Okay, thank you. Okay, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end the call. Um, if you are interested in doing a late-night support call, you can call in the same number, and Kyle's number is one four two three nine four. Again, that's one four two three nine four, and he offers great support, and um, he's also an activist and has some great videos. And so if you guys want to, most of you guys already know who he is. So, and if you don't, just head on over there. Thanks, guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.